Dionisio at the plate, he's over to today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's. Oh, it's raining now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the show where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And I'm Jack Swakowski. This is episode number 111, Jack, uh, and uh, March Madness is around us. So, uh, hey, you know what? We decided to do another uh, baseball uniform tournament. So numbers 1 through 64, going to find out who the best player in the history of baseball is. Jack, uh, the winner is Babe Ruth. Yeah, whichever whichever uniform uh, Babe Ruth wore is yeah. the uh, <laughs> is the one that's going to win. He still hasn't changed that number, so I guess uh, number three wins again. So there we number go. Th- yeah, number number three wins again. Yep. Uh, in in reality, in reality, uh, the baseball season is um, you know getting close here, uh, Jack, and um, we're uh, you know uh, we're deciding to do a little. We haven't really done this before, but we're going to do like a a straight straight up uh, predictions episode where we pr- pick. Uh, Division winners, pennant winners, World Series winner, uh, and the award winners. So uh, we'll have that uh, in uh, just a minute. Yes, we're going to see if prospect whisperer Jeremy Dionisio can guess can guess who's going to win the Rookie of the Year correctly. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I know, I know, I'm excited about that. Uh, yes, but uh, so first we're going to do our uh, 2011 debuts. Obviously, now 2011, folks. I don't know if you knew this, but that's actually the year. It's a very, very important year for the podcast. Because 2011 is the year that uh, Jeremy and I first met. Um, actually, we could probably kind of narrow down like the day or like one, what the yeah. day would have been that oh, we first man. met because it'd be the day, uh, whatever the first ROM rehearsal was. So Jeremy and I met um, doing a show called Fuck You, I Love You, Goodbye, the ROM Emanuel story at the Annoyance Theater. Uh, I think it started rehearsals in about July of 2011 friggin 10 years ago seems like a i don't know i don't know if that seems like a long time or a short time i i I don't know but that's when it started the show went up in uh august i think it went in previews in august and it ran for about a year and uh you know during the course of that jeremy and i realized we were both big baseball fans uh the show was directed by a, a good friend of ours paul turner a huge cardinals fan but like the three of us you know big baseball fans so we after every show on saturday night we would stay uh real late at the theater just drinking and talking about baseball, and that's you know that the rest is history as far yeah. as this podcast goes. But Jeremy, there's a story I wanted to tell uh, just about that time because we we don't really we haven't really talked that much uh, about that era of our uh, of our friendship of our knowing each other. So it was it was after our first preview of this show, and uh, uh, Paul Paul Turner, who directed the show, he was he would be the first guy to tell you, and I think he actually should- said yeah. We should say, well, I was going to say real quick, Paul was, we, we mentioned Paul uh, at the uh, White Sox Cardinals episode back in, I think, 2018. He was, he happened to be at the game, uh, but he was not on, he was not a guest, but I think he might, we might have mentioned him a little bit in that episode. So folks want to turn back the clock to we, that episode. Yeah, we did. And uh, yeah, crazy to like run into him at that game. Like, of yeah. course, of course, Paul was at that game because the Cardinals were in town. And like, of course, we ran into him. It was awesome. Actually, we ended up sitting with him. But yeah, yeah. so Paul is a really funny guy. Um, you know, he's been in some he's a longtime Chicago actor, uh, been in some studio movies uh, here that have been shot uh, and also just a million dollar guy. He's a great guy. Um, but he would be the first he was directing the show. Um, and I mean, he, I don't think he had had much directing experience. Um, and he, he actually literally said to us one time, he's like, you know, he's like, I don't think I'm a very good director, but I am good at casting. 
um, uh, which is which is true. The show was very well cast. I mean, he must have been because he cast me. But like the show was the show was very well cast. Um, you know, he did a great job with that. But I, to, you know, to Paul's credit. Uh, he didn't have much of a script to work with. The script was an absolute mess. I almost want to say that, like, we got another draft of the script, like, very shortly before we opened. Um, oh, yeah. So the, the script was a, f- a fucking mess. And well, I never might, really might liked I, the script. Yeah, yeah, go might, ahead, Jeremy. Might I say, Jack, that um, me and uh, the two, like, two of the, the actors of the play sat down and, and reworked the whole script. Uh, Did you really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I should say was, I was, was that was that, you li- was that you, Liz, and Tim? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, we, okay. we sat down one day. It actually might have been after that first preview. Like, because it, yeah, the show, the first preview, I, if I recall correctly, was really rough. Yep. And, yeah. and we had, we had like a, a big talk in like the, the, the prop room of the theater. And um, it was like, it was straight up, it was like one of those things where like, you know, halftime at the Super Bowl, like whatever year that was, the Patriots were down, whatever, like 23 to 10 or something, or like seven or something. Like, uh, like just one of those, like, like kind of like, those desperation kind of like kind of like the talk probably that happened in in the world series during the rain delay oh <laughs> and, god and yeah 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 <laughs> no this this uh, this talk actually happened though jeremy <laughs> i was gonna say um, right yeah yeah no i was gonna say it was either that kind of talk or it was that that talk that happened in the dodgers locker room in 2013 like zach Granke would have stood up and say yeah i got something to say uh people have you know been taking number twos and not washing their hands you know so wash your hands um, uh, so anyway, yeah, so Jeremy, that, that was actually what I was going to uh, get at. So first of all, I actually didn't know that you, Liz, and Tim had reworked that script, but it makes sense now. Okay, so yeah. that, that sort of brings us to where, um, to the exact time of the story that I'm going to tell. So yeah, we had that first preview, and the first preview was, was incredibly bad because the script was just a mess. Paul had nothing to work with as far as the directing was concerned. So, so Mick, uh, um... Now, how many previews were there, Jeremy? Was there one preview or two previews? I can't. I can't remember. I I would say there was at least two. I would have almost yep. said there might have been four, but like uh, okay. there was at least two. Yeah, for sure. So this might have been after whatever. I don't think it was after the first preview because you guys had already reworked the script and like I think we we reblocked the show with Paul. But then like the show still needed work even after that because we had to learn the sh- we had to learn a whole new show like during previews. So, like, it was after the, I think, the second or third preview that, like, Mick, um, Mick Napier, who owned the theater, um, and this, this was going to be one of the Annoyance's flagship shows, because it was, like, their Saturday night show, yep. and it was about Rahm Emanuel, who had just been elected as mayor of Chicago. Uh, so Mick Napier sat the cast down after, after, like, the second preview. And to give you a little bit of the background on who Mick Napier is, like, Mick Napier is a Chicago legend, as far as comedy is concerned, yeah. um, he's just a uh, uh, like he you know he's not to name drop, but like he's directed Tina Fey and Steve Carell or st- maybe Stephen Colbert, maybe even Steve Carell too. I'm sure he probably knows all those people, but yeah. you know he's he's directed everyone uh, and he's he been had everywhere. A show and he's on Comedy Central at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just a, he's a mad genius of comedy. I mean, he's like he is like the go to director for Second City main stage shows. He's a big deal, but he owns his own theater. Um, where he kind of gets to do his own thing, and Mick is Mick is very dry too. Mick is a super funny guy, and uh, he, you know I, I remember one time you know I was uh, you know we were just hanging out uh, after a show, and he um, you know somebody wa- somebody started talking about SNL, and Mick was like, oh I, I don't watch SNL because I hate comedy, um, <laughs> like Mick always says that he hates comedy, and like. <laughs> Mick is always, Mick is also, um, Mick is married, but he's also very open about uh, his bisexuality. And he, he, Mick will just say 
uh, the craziest shit. Like, I had never really been around Mick before, but, like, he has no filter, and he will just say, he will just say whatever the fuck he wants, because he doesn't, he doesn't care, because he knows he's awesome. And also, Mick is one of those people, too, like, where, and Jeremy, I'm sure you can verify this, where, mm -hmm. like, when he talks, you just, like, hang on his every word. He's just yeah. one of those, he's one of those people who you just, like, you would just like to be around all the time, because he's so inspiring. Yeah, um, I, if, if, yeah, I hope this doesn't give away. I, I won't go into the specifics, but I don't know if this is where you're going with this. But like, he give he I've seen actually this might be what you're talking about. But I've seen him give like, uh, like last minute advice to casts that I've been trying to like recreate for myself for when I teach like my video classes and stuff. And like, sure. I, I can't even I can't even paraphrase like what he said because it's so perfect and it only and honestly only works coming from him. But. But go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So so he he saw this preview and I think he saw that there was potential in what we what we had after we had reworked it a little bit. But I think he still felt that there was a little bit lacking just in terms of, uh, you know, maybe just like the blocking and some of the transitions and stuff like that. Uh, so he goes, uh, he's like, he's like, yeah, so I, th I think you have a really good show right now. But I think like you're like one rehearsal away from having like a really, really good show. So, uh, but that's just me being gay. So, um, and so then he, uh, so like he said that and I, I like, it was hard not, it's hard not to laugh when he says stuff like that <laughs> because he's joking and he's trying to like soften the blow. Uh, but he's also telling us like, we need to have one more rehearsal. So we were like, you know, getting in crunch time. We're in the 11th hour here. I think the show is about to, we have like maybe one more preview and then the show is about to open. Mm -hmm. um, and Paul, uh, I think, I think maybe it, I think Paul's father had passed away right around that time. So he had mm -hmm. to, Paul had to like step away from the show for about a week. And so Mick, um, Mick came in and he like, he was going to help us with the transitions and help us like, help us fix this show. So we came in after, on a Wednesday night uh, after the last show at the Annoyance, um, which ended at like 9.30 or 10 o'clock at night, uh, to, to reblock this show with Mick at like 10 p.m. on a Wednesday. Yeah. Um, I mean, and this isn't an equity show. Uh, this is, a, you know, if, if this was a union show, that never would have happened. Um, yeah. But it was non-equity. So we're, here we are at 10 p.m. on a Wednesday night, reblocking the entire show. So this show, it takes like, you know, it takes four or five hours for yeah. us to reblock this show. We were there till like 3.30 or 4 in the morning, and okay. all of us were going crazy. I remember even, even Mick, even Mick was going crazy. At one point, he was like, uh, he was like, all right, can we get a lights down there? Perfect. I once blew a guy in Berlin behind a dumpster. Okay, so for this next scene, I want somebody to come in here. And like, he just said these random things. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was awesome. But like, he fixed the show, um, yeah. and we ended up running for a year. Uh, so yeah. it was, it was like, people, people loved the show. We were selling out every, uh, we sold out every night for about five or six months. Uh, and it was crazy. But I would say that, um, out of all the theater experiences I had in Chicago, like getting to work with Mick for like that one night was probably like one of the coolest things uh, that, that happened to me. And it's, you know, it's something I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. I don't know. Do you remember that night, Jeremy? Oh, I do remember that night, Jack, because I was so so I should say from my vantage point, then I was up in the booth like the, the tech booth and I was working with the lighting guy. And uh, the lighting guy, uh, maybe he'll go nameless, but uh, he, oh, I forgot about him. this. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, sure. But he was like a longtime lighting guy for the annoyance and just like just had been around since the early days. The annoyance has moved like three, four, five times even like in the course of like, yeah. you know, 
25, 30 years or whatever that it's been open in Chicago. But uh, this lighting guy um, was not really like it was complicated, the, the lighting transitions and everything, uh, because the script was complicated and he was just not getting it. He was just not doing well. And like he also might not have been completely with with it uh, when he was actually doing the job. <laughs> To and say so, the least. Yeah. And so I was in the booth next to him doing sound cues and um and and Mick like you know, when you say like, you know, can I get uh, a spotlight over here, like whatever whatever you said, like that was maybe that was maybe the first time he asked for a lighting cue because he because even because I think one of the things that, that took so long that night was because the lighting guy couldn't like hack it and like yeah. he'd be like, Can I get a spotlight downstage center? And and he'd be like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like almost like this guy was it was his first time doing lighting, and like he just couldn't get it. And like, and I was next to him, I'm like, man, just just it's right there, like just you know, right there, that that one. And like, and like Mick would like say like, spotlight downstage center, <laughs> like he would repeat yep. it. And then like the guy was like, the guy's like, and and I I was sitting next to the guy, and he's just like, he just had like the yips, like he he was like flailing his hands and they were trying to like like just turn up like one like pot like one little fader on the light board and like i remember at some point he just like put his head down on the on the console too and he was like losing it and i'm like dude like let's we got to do this like and uh and this guy is like 20 years older than me like a, a seasoned like veteran and like i'm a pretty like what behind the ears guy like is in the theater world i would say and it was uh yeah it was a crazy experience uh from 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 my vantage point for sure and uh just for everybody yeah we were definitely there to like like three four in the morning like whatever it was it was it was crazy yeah and i feel like that lighting guy may have been let go after that rehearsal um Um, after definitely after the show um if not yeah because yeah i'm trying to think like yeah, I think I did the sound that whole way through. Maybe were you always like, were you just doing sound, uh, and that was that always the intention, or did you start doing lights too? Because you were always up in the booth. Yeah, but, I um, I, yeah. I honestly can't remember if I did the lights for that show or not. I don't think I did because I did uh-huh. a different mix show, uh, which was really really complicated, and like I can't believe that I got it. And then like, <laughs> yeah, that was that was kind of my like my like uh, you know rite of passage is like doing the lights for his show and it was really really complicated so yeah oh yeah um yeah i mean um yeah mick as as i mentioned he's he's a mad genius director but yeah he's also very um you know it's like when mick he's one of those guys where it's like when he asks for something to be done he expects it to be done and done well It, Um, it was one of those things where like we were all you know we were we were just trying to like get through it as quick as possible it was like from like yeah 10 to like 2 3 in the morning and like um, it was like, Hey, listen, we all need to do our part to get us all out of here as soon as possible. And this guy was just like, just, just dropping the ball, like, like literally. And like, it was, it was brutal. Jack, what I was going to say real quick, like one thing that makes it not, not to go into like, this is now, you know, theater talk, but it did not drop the rain and the delay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the thing that, that Mick said to the cast, I've seen him say this to other casts, like in kind of like that last rehearsal before like opening night or something is like, he'll just say like, uh, you know, um, at the end of the day, or he's like, you know, um, uh, one thing to remember is that none of this matters. None of this matters. Like no one's going to remember the the show or if you did good or not, or none, and none of it's going to matter. So, you know, just have a good show. And it's like, it's a crazy thing to tell a cast. And I've, I've tried to like, 
like take that and tell my students that at times and it's like it just doesn't work like you can't say that unless you're like mcnapier i think yeah yeah i mean i so i remember that jeremy and that's coming back to me now and then he um yeah it was like before the first show and he was like uh he was like now just remember this is the least important thing you're going to do today and it's just (laughs) like yeah man it's fucking great uh yeah but yeah i had actually forgotten jeremy yeah so you were you you were up in the booth for pretty much that whole that whole rehearsal that we were talking yeah. about. Um, yeah, man, you missed a few gems that I'm sure only the cast heard. Uh, at one point, like, yeah. he was telling us about how he'd gotten a spinal tap, and then he's like, he goes, well, I don't have AIDS. Uh, and it's like, <laughs> what? The fu- This is, like, Mick should have his own reality show, because the guy is just, uh, I don't know if you see his Facebook posts sometimes, Jeremy, but his thing now uh-huh. is that he just posts, like, he'll just post pictures of, like, Ted Cruz, and he'll be like, look at me, I'm the biggest fucking asshole in the world, uh, and it's just, uh, it's it's good stuff, it's good stuff, yeah. so, uh, he, yeah, Mick, yeah. oh, yeah. No, he's truly, like, an original, and, like, you know, you hear people like uh, Andy Richter, and, like, uh, just I don't know like anyone who came out of Chicago and did theater like has stories about McNapier and I, I listen to, like you know I listen to a lot of podcasts and every once in a while like it veers to like you know I'm like Pete Holmes never not or uh, Pete Holmes uh, uh, you made it weird like uh, just the Jimmy Pardo never not funny podcast like every once in a while like McNapier and the Annoyance Theater will come up and he, he's you know his sphere of influence has, has traveled you know the world because of people who've come through Chicago comedy and um, he's, yeah, he's just like nobody else. Um, his, that, that kind of like attitude and like mind uh, like is kind of like what kind of founded the annoyance and the irreverence of the annoyance. And I don't know, Jack, maybe, maybe that helps explain some of the times when we're like going off on like, you know, profanity laced uh, rants, like, you know, where, you know, that, that we came up, you know, uh, around uh, that, that environment a little bit. No, this is, this is true, Jeremy. Um, Absolutely. Uh, And hey, that was, uh, so yeah, folks, you've, you've now heard Jeremy and I's, uh, you've heard our brush with greatness uh, with the great, the great nickname. And our origin story. Yeah, and and our our origin story too. Yeah, we've never really gotten into our origin story, so that's uh, that that's a big part of it right there. While we're on the topic, Jack, and I think this was in 2011, um, there was a weird uh, that was that the year that the Cardinals came back and made yeah. the playoffs and overtook the Brewers. It was, yeah, yeah, that, so yeah I remember, that was the year Braun won the MVP too. Okay, yeah, so so in that year, like when we because we yeah, like you said, Jack, we we opened in late summer and we were like we ran for a whole year. Um, as the playoffs, like sometime in September, um, I, it could be looked up on baseball reference, but I, I, I don't, I've, I've got too many windows open in front of me, but like at some point the Cardinals were like well out of contention, um, for the NL central. And so our friend, so the director, Paul is a Cardinals fan. Jack is a Brewers fan. The, the Brewers were in first place, Jack. Was that right? Yes. Yeah. And so I remember like Paul said at some point, he's like, the Cardinals are making the world or Cardinals are making the playoffs. Cardinals are making the playoffs. <laughs> and, um, and clearly what that meant is like, it, they had to have overtaken the brewers to do that. He didn't, he didn't quite look Jack in the face and say like, we're going to kick your ass. Like he didn't quite do that, <laughs> but he did say like the Cardinals were going to make the playoffs. And, um, it turned out to have like the Cardinals ended up making the playoffs and, yeah, the Brewers like you know uh, like faded off and like. Well, I think I think the Brewers um, played the Cardinals in the NLCS maybe that year. So I think. Um, Is that what I think, happened? Yeah, I think the Cardinals might have been a wild card that year, but the Cardinals ended okay, up. The Cardinals yeah. beat the Cardinals beat the Brewers 
in uh, in the NLCS. Uh, so that was okay. that was pretty devastating. That's as close as the Brewers have gotten to the World Series in my lifetime. I think the okay. card that Cardinals team may have only won like eighty four games that year or something yeah. like that. That they was weren't, the, they weren't good. That was the bullshit year of that fucking Pete Cosma like infield fly rule bullshit. Like that was yeah. the first year of the one game wild card. Uh, they beat the the Braves and like clearly the Braves were a better team and yeah they called that bullshit infield fly rule I think I think it was Pete Cosmo where he was like basically in left field and they're like infield fly like he dropped it and yeah and then that was the year of David Freeze too um, yes you know he yep. he came on uh, so yeah that that was and what's weird too is uh, uh I was uh, living with a roommate at that time and he was a Tigers fan and I think that the uh, Cardinals played the Tigers in the World Series that year. So there was really, there was a lot going on, Jeremy, in, in 2011. Um, yeah, we should do a, we should do like a 2011 deep dive sometime. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into it now. Um, so uh, we, we have our rookies uh, 20 minutes into the episode. Uh, we're now, we're going to get into our MLB debuts here. Uh, yeah, so, so Jeremy, you can give your guy first, but uh, we thought it'd be funny now for these last like 10 or so to like tr- for us to try to guess who the other guy picked. Since last week, Jeremy and I both picked the same guy. And Jeremy <laughs> even said like, I know who you're going to pick. And I was like, ah, I don't know. And then, he, and then, you know, we both picked the same guy. Uh, so, uh, Jeremy, I'm going to go out and guess that you picked Tommy Hadovy. Oh, no, I didn't. I, I didn't actually see him on the list either. Okay, yeah, he was on the list. I mean, he played like, you know, maybe pitching 15 big league games in his whole career. But yeah, current Cubs pitching coach Tom Hod- Tommy Hadovy was in the 2011 MLB debuts pool, but you did not pick him. <laughs> No, no, no. And I thought you were going to say that I picked either Jason Kipnis or uh, Dustin Ackley, actually. Oh, but... Christ, Dustin Ackley. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy, there, you had a really good Dustin Ackley joke. Um, it was when we it was our, it was our first uh, it was our first uh, uh, non-roster invitee guys thing. And I think it was must have been in 28. I think it was in 2018, maybe 2019. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, uh, uh, Jeremy, um, actually, it must have been 2019. Uh, so anyway, yeah, Jeremy, he saw uh, Dustin Ackley on the Mariners non-roster invitee list. And, you know, you joked that, like, Dustin Ackley had just left some stuff at, like, the Mariners training facility. And that's why they invited him to come to come get it out of there and pick it up. <laughs> I, always thought, I always thought that was pretty – it was a nice slap in the face of a guy who was just a total bust. Oh, yeah, that's it's brutal. Um, now I feel like we've – yeah, we probably got into Dustin Ackley way more than he needs to be uh, <laughs> talked about on this on any podcast or anywhere. So uh, I chose not to pick him. But, Jack, no, I picked Henderson Alvarez. Oh, Henderson Al- – yeah, you know, so Pitcher. Henderson Alvarez, he um, he would do that really weird wind-up to start games, right? Like he would do that oh. old-school wind-up. Yeah, I think he did. I don't know if he did that, like, from the beginning of his career. I feel like he might have done that, like uh, – maybe a couple of years into his career, but yeah, okay. I, I, I seem to recall something like that. Yeah. He was kind of a, a weird guy. Um, but number one, uh, while we're talking about creative endeavors, um, I'll just say number one, I like Henderson Alvarez because his first name is Henderson. And, um, I wrote a, a script with a friend of mine, uh, years and years ago, um, that basically was set in high school and there was like football bullies, jocks, you know, on the team. And, like the one guy there was like we wrote like this like big offensive lineman guy and his name was Henderson and like it was nice. unclear if his first I in my mind we never made it clear if it was his first or last name but in my mind it was always his first name um that was years before uh Henderson Alvarez came on the scene so I always liked him because of that but um I'll just say about Henderson Alvarez I mean okay so he didn't last very long he started with the Blue Jays uh ended up with the um Marlins after that he actually pitched for the he, he was out for a year um, with uh, an injury and came back and played three games for the Phillies in 2017. Never really regained, uh, never really, you know, 
stay stuck. Um, I thought he was a guy who could maybe come back and have a career, but um, basically he threw a no hitter in 2013 uh, on the last day of the season. And uh, it's just like a good memory that I have, like watching that game. I, I just randomly watched that game and uh, they beat the, the Tigers. Um, but the, the thing about that World Series or the no hitter that was cool is that it was nothing, nothing going into the bottom of the ninth. Um, ah, yeah. And it was in uh, Miami. And uh, um, yeah, nothing, nothing uh, like Henderson Alvarez got out of the top of the ninth inning without uh, allowing any runs or any hits. Um, and so it's like, all right, to the bottom of the ninth we go and like, you know, see if the Marlins can can win this, uh, you know, can clinch the, the no hitter. Um, and, uh, you know, they ended up uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, uh, Verlander started that game and uh, had a pretty good line, 10 strikeouts, one walk through six innings. Um but uh, the the Marlins came up in the bottom of the ninth, and they ended up loading the bases. And uh, Henderson Alvarez was actually on deck um, in uh, in like in that game. Uh, the interesting thing about it was that there were two outs, and the bases were loaded. So either the, he was never going to bat, um, right? Uh, you know, like so that was an interesting thing. Um, but uh, but he was on deck with the helmet and the batting gloves and the and the bat and everything. And uh, I think it was. Giancarlo Stanton uh, got uh, well. It must have been the catcher, I guess. Uh, I got the play-by-play in front of me here. Uh, pinch hitter, I think. Uh, Greg Dobbs, <laughs> like oh god, was uh, was up to bat, and um, this guy Luke Putconin, like I remember the name, but I don't Putconin. I don't even know how to say it, but he threw a wild pitch, and and Giancarlo Stanton scored from third base, and it was a walk-off wild pitch. Uh, no hitter clinching uh, run and and Henderson Alvarez was on deck so he like just you know got to like rush and start like the mob scene uh, at home plate but it was just a cool moment it's the last game of the season uh, the Marlins uh, won that game to become 62 and 100 like so not a good game or team or whatever or uh, you know not a good season um, but uh, it was a cool moment so that's that's why I remember Henderson Alvarez uh, yeah, yeah, Jeremy. Um, you know, I, I almost think it would have been in, more interesting. Um, so you said Greg Dobbs was at the plate. Um, yeah, yeah I, it would have been interesting if he would have made out. And Henderson Alvarez, obviously the intention was to have him come out for the 10th. He was going to yeah. come out. Um, so if he would have pitched a 10 inning, no hitter, I don't know what yeah. the last, I don't know what the last time that happened was. Um, but obviously yeah. the Marlins weren't going anywhere. They were uh, 61 and a hundred at that time. Uh, so yeah, they were probably just like, fuck it. Like, let's try to do it. Alvarez was probably down to pitch another inning. Um, yeah, so that would have been cool. Uh, but yeah, definitely a dramatic ending to that game. Um, uh, I remember Henderson Alvarez because, uh, in the 2014 season, he actually made the all-star team. Um, my dad and I played the 2014 Stratomatic season. Mm -hmm. He had a good like ERA in 2014, 265. And I always remember thinking he should have done better. I think he did poor. I can't remember what his stats were for our season, but he did poorly because if you look at his, what his stats were, he pitched 187 innings that year and he allowed 198 hits. Uh, so he had hits all over his card. He actually allowed Mm -hmm. way more hits than the innings pitched. Um, uh, and so his card wasn't very good. It had hits all over it. Um, he, yeah, he did make the all-star team. He was 12th in Cy Young that year. But yeah, I was, I was always under the impression that like, oh, Henderson Alvarez must be pretty good because like he's got a good card here. But looking at his, uh, uh, statistics, he had a pretty short career. Um, and yeah, he didn't, he didn't really, uh, he didn't really play too much, but career ERA of 382. So just kind of an average guy, but, uh, yeah, for a, for a short minute there in 2013 and 2014, uh, he did okay for the Marlins. Yeah, for sure.
Um, oh, and he was pitching all the way up to 2019 in AAA. I was going to um, say, like, he, he was definitely a guy who, like, tried to come back a bunch of times, was in spring training with a couple teams. I remember, like, there was some time where, like, I don't remember what year, but I'm like, I think I, I was like, the Cubs should take a flyer on Henderson Alvarez and uh, <laughs> clearly never pitched beyond 2017, so um, wouldn't have worked out. But, uh, but yeah, so there you go. I like it. All right, and his nickname is The Entertainer. Don't know what's going on with that. <laughs> right. um, that's a good one, though. That's a real good one. Uh, okay, so my, uh, my 2011 MLB debut is none other than Matt Dominguez. Oh, oh you okay. should have guessed who I was. No, that's fine, though. Who, who, well, who did you think I was going to pick? I was going to guess Brett Lowry. Yep, and that, that's who I figured you were going to pick. Um, yeah. I feel like we've talked about Brett Lowry before. Um, and I, you know, I just, I, I was like, eh, I don't feel like, I don't feel like talking about Brett Lowry right now. <laughs> that's um, how, that's how yeah. we root guys out of, of picking. We're just like, you're just too, it's like, ugh, I can't, I can't do it. I can't talk about this guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, he tried to come back with the Brewers in 20, 2018 or 19, I think didn't, it didn't work. Sure. Um, uh, okay. So yeah, Matt Dominguez, uh, kind of a strange career. Um, he was drafted in the first round by the Marlins in the 2007 uh, MLB draft. He was drafted 12th overall. So he was a, dra- a high draft pick. Uh, they, they picked him out of high school, too. So, uh, yeah, a big-time uh, big prospect for a while. He debuted with the Marlins in 2011. He only played 17 games. He had two seasons where he was a full-time player with Houston in 2013 and 2014. Uh, he played 150-plus games in each of those seasons. And he didn't do, he didn't do anything. Uh, 2013, he had 21 homers, but he only hit 241. 241 2014 he dropped uh, his average dropped down to 215 he only hit 16 homers and after that season he only played five games with the blue jays uh, never and never never saw the majors again and i, I don't think he's going to yeah. um so the reason i remember him though is that i went to a, a white Sox astros game um with my dad so this is the famous um this is the famous uh, uh hey qualls you're a bum he's like remember <laughs> remember oh five you're a bum oh man because i pulled qualls for the other uh, uh a couple years ago it might have been for 2006 um mlb debuts or whatever it was whenever qualls debuted so got getting a lot of material out of that game <laughs> Um, but this is another one. So, uh, so yeah, Dominguez, uh, he was playing third base in that game, and uh, he, hit a, he hit a home run in that game, too, um, if I recall. Uh, but, but the thing is, the thing that stuck out to me about him was that when he was at third base and he was like they were doing infield uh, practice between innings, um, he, uh, you know, he was kind of just hanging out with the umpire and, like, the third base umpire, and, like, they were just kind of chilling and, like, talking and stuff and you know he would wait for his ground ball and throw it back to first and then go back and talk to the ump and i was like oh they, they seem kind of chummy with each other and you know now now that i've watched um you know all of these videos uh where like guys are mic'd up and stuff uh one of the reasons one of the things that's so good about when you see like arguments between managers and players and umpires is that like these guys all know each other mm-hmm. and they're all on a first name basis with each other and uh, uh you know it's it even though it's like a game uh, and there's a lot of like passion uh, that goes into each each and every play because there's so much on the line in terms of millions of dollars and jobs and and all that. And there's thousands of people watching, maybe millions at home. Uh, this is still like a, a job for these guys. You know, it's still like a day job. It's still a grind. You know, the season is six plus months long. Uh, you know, more than that if you include spring training and the playoffs. So like these guys, you know, well, there's a lot of passion that goes into it. They're also it's it's also just a job for them. And so the the it always tickles me when I see the umpires being on a first name basis with the players and managers and vice versa, where they'll like call each other by their first names. Mm-hmm. I, I remember uh, uh, there's a clip with Joe Torre 
I, I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, but it, it's from like the late 70s, early 80s when he's managing the Braves. No, I think it's early 80s. So he's the, managing the, the Braves. The Meltdown one? Yeah, yeah, the, oh, yeah, the Meltdown wait, that was, one. That was like a whole episode. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And we, we might have had Ben Perkins uh, on for that one. Um, uh, so, yeah, so th- there was it was a Tory meltdown. But at, at one point in the meltdown, he uh, he says to the umpire, he goes, well, that's bullshit, Bob. Um, and like it's that that's that was just so funny to me, um, you know, or, or the famous Earl Weaver one where like uh, the guy's like wrong. You are wrong, Earl. Um, and it's just, uh, these guys like, yeah, they just, they call each other by their first names and it's, it's weird because it doesn't seem like they should be that informal with each other. Uh, but they are. And so that tickles me. So that was kind of the first time I really saw that really noticed it occurring was, uh, was in that game, Matt Dominguez. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's almost like, like neighbors, like, you know, kind of talking like in their backyards, like, you know, like art, I'm asking you to chop the, the hedges. They're, they're bleeding over. I'm asking you one more time, you know, <laughs> something like that, like that kind of familiarity. But um, yeah, that's kind of funny. Absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, man, Matt Dominguez in 2013, he hit to the 21 homers. His OPS was only 690, which it's just, I mean, like, did he do anything else but 20 hit 21 homers? Like, yeah, it's 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 his slugging was 403. So like, he barely, I feel like he barely got anything other than singles and homers. Like. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, his OBP, you know, terrible OBP guy, too. Um, I mean, he only walked 30 times, about 600 plate appearances in 2013, and he uh, he did about the same in 2014. So it's it's obvious why he didn't uh, why he didn't stick, why he didn't make it. But yeah, he's my unremarkable 2011 MLB debut. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So since we're going to have a little bit of extra time today, well, hey, maybe not now that we've uh, we've (laughs) we've rambled on. Uh, uh, but we, yeah, since, since our topic isn't going to take super long, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to dive into a little bit of non-baseball stuff. Uh, some funny stuff uh, has occurred. The college basketball tournament is going on. So, Jeremy, the, uh, the Bears hilariously signed Andy Dalton this <laughs> week to a one-year $10 million deal, and uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Uh, well, this is good. A lot of people are asking me my thoughts about the Andy. You Dalton really are they? Okay. Well, you can get them out there then. Yeah, I mean, uh, so well, like uh, one of my um, uh, my half brother uh, sent me um, a, a text message yesterday, like asking me, like he's like, I'm just curious what your thoughts are on the Andy Dalton signing, and I just wrote <laughs> back, I just wrote back, it's pathetic! Exclamation <laughs> mark. So, um, I mean, like it's it's insane it's just crazy that like that's that's it because I, I i'm in denial honestly jack because i'll say this real quick um maybe it's a good thing the bears didn't go and get deshaun watson with the news that's been coming out the last couple of days um uh, i think he's up to three allegations of uh sexual uh inappropriateness or something um jesus so, christ so um yeah maybe good uh that that they didn't go and get him but um you know russell wilson was being bandied about and like i'm not the biggest russell wilson fan but he's better than nick Foles and mitch trubisky um but it just doesn't make any sense like for a team that needs a quarterback and then they sign andy dalton like that's not it's in it's 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 cockamamie like i, I don't <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I, it's it's just it's it doesn't make it's just doesn't make any sense. And like, they already have Nick Foles too. And it's like so it's like they're essentially the same guy. Like, Andy Dalton is a little better than Nick Foles, but like honestly, I from what I saw of Nick Foles last year, he, he's garbage. I don't care if he won a goddamn Super Bowl. I don't care if he was a uh, you know a, a nice story. Like, he's garbage. And um, <laughs> uh, Andy Dalton is like, I mean, like. 
like, I don't, I mean, I, I think Andy Dalton might have won a game or two for the Cowboys this year, but like, it's just absurd and just stupid. And like, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, uh, at this point, I guess, um, you know, it, they're just gonna have to draft their, their guy, but you know, it's, it's also ridiculous. It's like, it seems like pace and, and, um, uh, uh, Nagy are like out, out the door. Like they have one year left on their contract and, you know, I don't, I don't know, like who wants to play under those circumstances? I, I don't know. So it's, it's, it's a joke. The, the bears are a joke. Uh, people say like the bears were like a quarterback. The thing is like, people say the bears were a quarterback away from like making it far in the playoffs. And I don't, I don't necessarily believe that at all. So like, I don't even know if it matters uh, who the quarterback is, but um, it's, it's absurd. Yeah. Totally. Well, Jeremy, I think that, you know, and this is kind of a problem with, uh, you know, certain franchises until the McCaskies sell the franchise, which will probably be never. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the franchise will probably continue to be run how it's run. Yeah. All because George Hallis married Virginia McCaskey. Uh, <laughs> uh the 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 franchise is doomed uh until further notice um wait so virginia mccaskey so i you know i don't know a ton about bears history so virginia mccaskey was she was the wife of george hallis like that's why they own the team or maybe wait uh wait hold on i mean yes but that can't be true she has to be the daughter of george hallis right okay yeah i mean that that's possible too i I think she's pretty old but uh, but what but whatever it is um so the mccaskies were like Hallis married a McCaskey, and that's why the McCaskies own the franchise. Um, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Jesus Christ, I never knew that. Well, thank you, Jeremy. She's um, the eldest child of former Bears coach and uh, owner George Hallis. So yeah, wow. Who left okay. the team to his daughter upon his death in 1983? Thanks a lot, George. Thanks a lot, Papa Papa Bear. <laughs> Papa Bear. See, I mean, yeah, and see, that's the problem with uh, the Lions too. You know, they're owned yeah. by the Ford. They're owned by the Ford family. So, you know, un- until these, you know, these franchises get new new ownership, it's just going to be the same old story. Should they ban families from owning teams? Like, you know, this is one s- situation where it's like family-owned business is a bad thing, I think. It's like, you know, like let it, let a goddamn corporation own it that's only interested about money. Like, I mean, I mean, like look I at think- the jo- the Joneses and in, in uh the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, um, I mean, yeah, I, you know, who he- knows? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I was watching. Uh, uh, it, it's it's like a uh, what what do they call it? Hard knocks, but it's like Amazon's version of Hard Knocks. It might be All or Nothing, is what they call it. But okay. I was watching. Yeah, I was watching a couple episodes of the Cowboys season, and it's like uh, you know, it's like Jerry Jones and his his fucking kids, and like they all run the team. Like they all have different spots on it. Like mm-hmm. you know, one of them is like the assistant to Jerry Jones, like the assistant general manager, because Jerry Jones is the the general manager. And it's like the, these guys don't know fucking anything about football. Like, you know, like these yeah. guys are sitting in on coaches meetings and stuff. And like, you know, those coaches don't have any respect for the, you know, these fucking family members who were just yeah. handed this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, it just it disgusts me, Jeremy. The, the only thing that I know that v- Virginia McCaskey contributed to the Bears was getting rid of the cheerleaders. So <laughs> I don't know. and then making the fucking schlub coach go to church with them every Sunday or whatever. Right? Oh, God. D- yeah. Does does Nagy does Nagy go to church with them every Sunday? I mean, that was for a long time. That was the thing is like the coach would go to church with like the McCaskies, uh, maybe not on Sunday because of the, the games. But right. Like, but some something and it's like you know i think it was like it was good to have like a catholic coach come in i don't know if Nagy is doing it but uh you know uh 
peace be with you. I'm trying to do like my, my uh, Philadelphia or my, my Pittsburgh accent. I, I oh, uh, Wanstead? Uh, well, well, Nagy too. Nagy also has like a thick Pittsburgh uh, accent. Oh Jesus Christ! And I, I I've actually really never heard Nagy talk, but I think uh, I think what's his face, Mike McCarthy, might also be from Pittsburgh. Yeah, um, huh. yeah a real hotbed for like douchebag coaches. <laughs> yeah, I, guess. I know. Yeah, for a bunch of hard-headed, uh, <laughs> you know, meat steaks. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, all right, Jeremy. Well, thank you for your thoughts on Andy Dalton. <laughs> I had been I had been interested in yeah. uh, what you uh, what you thought, and I'm honestly I'm not surprised that that's about what I what I figured you would say. Um, uh, I love it. Uh, so the, the NCAA tournament started this week. Um, I, I did actually did not fill out a bracket. Usually I join your bracket at stats, Jeremy, but I guess there is no, no bracket this year. So no bracket for me this year, but Gonzaga is undefeated. Um, so people pretty much, you know, it's like pick Gonzaga or the field. What do you think? Uh, you know, I, I don't really, you know, uh, I think it's going to come down to Illinois, Gonzaga or, um, uh, Baylor. But I would actually like to see Gonzaga win um, because they're undefeated and there hasn't been an undefeated college basketball team that's won the championship since Indiana in 1976. So undefeated teams are O for my lifetime. So uh, I, I think it would be interesting. I think it would be an interesting thing. Uh, as you all know, I'm a Mar- uh, yeah, I, well, yeah, you all probably know. I probably talked about it on here before, but I'm a Marquette fan, and they did not make the tournament this year. Uh, Steve Wojciechowski now seven seasons at Marquette, zero tournament wins. They have not won a tournament game since 2013. Um, and today, a bombshell article was released. Uh, all three Marquette blogs, uh, the three main blogs online for Marquette. Uh, all came together. This is the first time it's ever happened. All three of these blogs came together, and their writers wrote just a damning fact-based uh, article on all of Wojo's shortcomings, which was which was amazing. Um, the uh, students on campus they said one of the fraternities paid for a billboard that said "Fire Wojo." Um, so you know it's it's getting a lot. Wojo's getting a lot of heat. If he actually is retained next year, he's going to have the hottest seat. In college basketball, Jeremy, uh, you know, if you ask me, should Wojo's seat be hot? I'd say his ass needs to be on fire next year. Um, <laughs> the guy's just fucking pathetic. They spend their top 10 in spending in college basketball, and they can't even make a 68-team field. Uh, that's ridiculous. He's under 500 in conference play for seven seasons, which is pathetic. They've never won. They've never won the Big East, even though the Big East hasn't been a great conference since he's been their coach. And seven years is a long time. At a job like that, seven years is a long time. Now, hey, I don't want to call for anybody to lose his job, but like, if he gets fired, they have to pay him six million, and he's been making two mil a year about since he got there. So he's made over 10 million, probably 14 million. They fire him this year. He adds six. That's 20 million dollars. I'm not going to feel too sorry for him if he gets his walking papers. His <laughs> grandchildren's grandchildren are set for life with the money with the money yeah. he's stolen from Marquette. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. You know, Marquette fan Jack Sukowski. Um, listen, anyone who's making a million dollars or higher, you can call for their job. That that I don't <laughs> think that's out of bounds, Jack. So you're, you're okay there for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, like you know, from being a, a completely you know. A, a couple notches below casual um observer uh of of just you know college basketball in general like yeah i mean like it seems like marquette you know they they were in the tournament many years like the previous coaches like uh the buzz guy mm-hmm. buzz, buzz williams yep buzz williams and then was there who was uh before him cream tom tom cream was before him and they yeah. yeah they had made the tournament eight out of nine seasons 
um, like uh, when Buzz left. Uh, and then yeah. before that, they had a two-year drought. But before that, they made the Final Four with Wade in 2003, Dwayne Wade. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, it seems like they're kind of – they had been up there for, for a while. And, I mean, who knows now you got, you know, Illinois winning the Big Ten championship and things are, you know – ass backwards right now so so who knows but uh you know jeremy yeah. i've been wondering this have you ever been to a big time college basketball game um no yeah uh, i was gonna say yeah, it would be cool no. next year if they have allow fans we should try to go to either a marquette game or some kind of big time college basketball game because it really is a different atmosphere than nba um yeah it's a lot of fun like just the atmosphere itself so that would be cool we should try to check that out i mean not you know not a uic game not a DePaul game we should try to go to like some some good some good game and and go because it's really it's really pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I yeah, I was um I was at some conference games for Northwestern. Uh, I think the year they made the the tournament. But oh, um, and and Christ, yeah. yeah, we went to the okay. So yeah, we went to the Northwestern Iowa game. Um, that yeah. was pretty cool. Northwestern. Um, you know, there wasn't a lot of juice in that game just because none of no students a, go. Um, but yeah. that was big time too because we saw Iowa and Luca Garza. I think was the player of the year this year. And, college oh, okay. basketball and he had a great he had a great game the game we went to um right i'd forgotten about that uh yeah but that was cool but anyway yeah so uh so wojo he's gotta go he's gotta go joe uh okay okay jeremy um uh enough enough dilly dallying let's get into our um our, our predictions our predictions for the 2021 sure. season uh who's gonna win uh each division who's gonna win the world series and then our individual awards maybe we could do world series last um sure yeah, so Jeremy, let's get into our uh, division winners first. So, who do you have in the AL to win the divisions? Um, okay, well, um, this is—I'll say this: this is the AL is by far my most um, controversial. Uh, yeah, league. I'll just say this too: like, you know, we are not the that kind of show that does like standard predictions or standard like straight up like kind of like <laughs> like topics. Like, you know, we like to talk about Mickey Calloway in depth and. And, and get even deeper into like, you know, the, the thought process by when he walks by a construction site, you know, <laughs> and that shirt just flies off. Um, that's like, those are the kinds of things we do uh, you usually on the show. Um, but uh, Jack, I've been hearing from uh, some listeners about how they want to hear our takes on, on things. So, so okay. we'll, we'll, we give our takes here. And um, Jack, this is what all that to say is that I kind of, you know how they say like with a, your NCAA bracket, you just like, just like fill it out once, like in like five minutes, and then just be done with it, and that's sure. It. Yeah, there's no reason to think about it. Right. Don't overthink about it. I don't overthink it. That's kind of what I did with my predictions a little bit here. Yeah. At least yeah. for the AL. So um, we can start in the AL East, uh, which is maybe my biggest bombshell uh, prediction. But Jack, I have the Toronto Blue Jays winning the AL East. So did I, Jeremy. Oh, there you, there go. you go. There you go. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I think that, like, you know, if, um, if I was going to like bet on, um, uh, and we should talk about this too, maybe, uh, but, um, if, if I was going to like throw just a flyer bet out there, it's, it's fun every year to look at the odds and just find a team that like, you know, isn't like fucking like two to one odds or like, like even four to one odds, someone that might actually be fun to put a cup couple bucks down on. Because in the chance if they win, you will actually win like a substantial amount of money. Um, I would pick I would pick the the Blue Jays. Um, like they're uh, they're an interesting team. Uh, I think the arrow's pointing up, um, and uh, I like yeah. I mean I think it like a lot of spots there. They're they're looking pretty good, and uh, 
the rotation could be good. So yeah, I have them winning the AL East. Yeah. Um. So Jeremy, I, there's a lot of things that I really like about the Blue Jays. Um. First of all, I like you know the guy that they got at the top of their rotation, Hyun Jin Ryu. Yeah. Um. I like him a lot. Uh. We might be talking about him a little bit later for me, but I like him. They got Nate Pearson, who's yeah. a, a big top prospect so. as well. Um. So you got like that young. Uh, the young stud right there. You got a couple of guys who've been around for a while. Robbie Ray, Steven Matz, Tanner Roark. Um, yeah, so you got this uh, this rotation that's a, a good mix of, like, a really good, like, Cy Young caliber pitcher, a young stud, and then, like, a couple other solid guys that, you know, could be good. The bullpen is a little bit suspect. Kirby Yates is good, uh, pretty mm-hmm. decent. They got Tyler Chatwood. Uh, uh, they got David Phelps in that bullpen. But, uh, yeah, what I really like, though, is their lineup, Jeremy. They could have one yeah. of the best, most dynamic lineups in baseball. I mean, you've got Vlad uh, Jr., you've got Kevin Biggio, you've got uh, Bo Bichette. So yeah. just those three guys, uh, you know, their their pedigree is uh, is pretty damn impressive. But they've also got Marcus Semien, too. Marcus Semien did yeah. not have a great 2020, but he had an outstanding 2019. So if he can be the player he was in 2019 for them when he hit 285 uh, with over 30 home runs and played really good defense, uh, he could, you know, that could be the difference maker. That could put them over the edge. And let, let us not forget that they also signed George Springer this right. offseason, too. Um, baseball is really big in Toronto when that team is winning. Uh, it remains to be seen. Does it? Does it? Does it remain to be seen if they'll be playing in Toronto this year? Uh, yes, I believe so. I okay. believe that is still yeah. unsettled. Yeah, and looking maybe like no. Ah, oh, Jesus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I actually think I almost want to say at the last time I had heard like they weren't going to be like Buffalo wasn't going to be an option either. But I could be wrong on that. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, that would be interesting if all of their home, even their home games, had to be road games. Um, I think that happened in 1994 to the Seattle Mariners. Like something was fucked up with the Kingdom roof, so they had to just play all of their games on the road for the last half of the season, or for oh. the last whatever, whatever of the season until the strike happened, um, which is pretty crazy. Uh, that that is uh, to be confirmed, though. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Uh-huh. So they signed George Springer. Um, uh, you know, they got uh, you know, Ra- Rowdy Roddy Telez on the <laughs> yeah. team. Um, they, the, the Jack, the guy Alejandro Kirk, who's like their maybe backup catcher, like that, uh, that guy is like a bowling ball. He's five foot eight, 265. Um, Jesus he, Christ, he hit, yeah, he hit like um, like a big homer, I think, like at the end of the year last year. And uh, yeah, if you look at him, I mean, he's he's like. I don't know if that's his nickname, but he should be called the human bowling ball. Yeah, him and him and Williams Astadio should like you know they should yeah. get together. Um, and then yeah, Reese McGuire is also third on the depth chart. Let's hope he's behaving himself this spring training. Um, yeah, so so that's uh, that. Yeah, that's it for so the Blue Jays. Yeah, I really like the look of them. I think they're going to be a really interesting team, and if they can play in the Rogers Center. Um, that's always been a really good, that's a pretty good home run hitters park. Uh, it's probably a big part of the reason that Jose Bautista was able to hit 600 home runs in a five year span. So, um, so yeah, the blue Jays look, uh, they look good, Jeremy. I, I picked them as well for my AL East winner. Well, there you go. All right. Um, AL central Jack, um, you know, we joke about it as much as, 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 you know, possible. Um, uh, but I think that, um, Despite Tony La Russa, I think the White Sox are going to win the uh, AL Central. And so did I, Jeremy. I picked the White Sox as well to win the AL Central. Uh, all right. Yeah, there you go. I mean, like, you know, um, there's – it's kind of fun. I'll say this. Like, well, like the Pakota r- rankings or ratings or whatever, like projections, like didn't, like, favor the Sox at all. Like, I think it had them, like, winning, like, 81 games or something. Or, like, something bad. Um, and, like – 
So, you know, they just, they're getting no love like as, as normal, even from even the computers don't like them. Um, but uh, I don't see I don't see anyone else beating the White Sox in the in the AL Central. Like, I just I just don't think it's going to happen. Like the Twins are, you know, the Twins are the Twins. The the Indians like, you know, don't uh, they got rid of Lindor. Like, I don't see them doing anything. And yeah, I mean, certainly the Tigers and uh, the Royals aren't doing crap. So, like, I, yeah, I don't see how the White Sox don't win the Central. Yeah, um, same, Jeremy. I mean, they have uh, they have veteran pitchers like, uh, you know, Keuchel and Lance Lynn. Uh, you know, Lucas yeah. Giolito is there. Uh, Lynn could I mean, be I big th- for the White Sox, I think. Yeah, absolutely, um, 100%. And, I mean, is Michael Kopech going to pitch this year? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. I don't it's think he's the- going to be in the rotation necessarily, but um or at least to start, he might end up you know, find his way in there, but um but I think he is going to pitch, yeah. Yeah, and then they've got uh uh they've got Crochet in the bo- it is Crochet, right? It's not Crotchet. Yeah, it is Crochet. Yeah, okay, yeah. good. Uh, thank Christ. Just wanted to make sure. Yeah, but I mean, he'll be there and then they signed uh the Aussie, what's his freaking face? Oh, yeah, um, Hendrix. Yeah, yeah, Liam Hendricks. Uh, so you know those two guys are going to create a pretty big, uh, a pretty good back end of the bullpen. Um, and you know they got Yaz at catcher. They got the veteran Abreu. Um, they've got young players like Jimenez and uh, uh, Luis Robert. Uh, and then you've got Adam Eaton, who's you know just kind of an asshole, but uh, you know <laughs> yes. he's he's there. Uh, he, he'll be Tony Larusa's. Uh, you know, if Tony Larusa has to sound off to somebody. He'll probably be Adam Eaton. So yeah, um, it's it's going to be an interesting team, Jeremy. And like you said, I don't see anybody in the Central overtaking them. No, um, Michael Kopech is still rookie eligible, by the way, which is Jesus just, Christ. Yeah, crazy. Like I wonder, like I, I would root for him to win the 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 Rookie of the Year just to see like. Um, you know, what's the longest drought between debut and rookie of the year, uh, you know, win like, you know, that would, that would be like three years. It's crazy, but yeah, uh, that, that would be, yeah. I mean, we, it feels like forever ago that we saw him. Jeremy, did you read that article that Don Cooper like gave an inter? He gave like an interview and like they, you know, there were a few articles about it. Did you read that at all? No, no. Yeah, he just he was just saying like, oh, you know, I was I was really hurt like when they said that they wanted to move in a different direction and stuff. He's like, it always hurts when you're a part of something and then they you know they tell you you can't be anymore. It's like, dude, they you you, you were the pitching coach for twenty years, man. You were the <laughs> longest tenured. Pi- what do you mean it hurts? Yeah, like every you know every team has turned over pitching like at least three pitching coaches since you became the White Sox pitching coach. Like, get over it, dude. You had a you had a, a long longer run than you should have. As the White Sox pitching coach, and now you're gonna fucking cry about it. So, yeah. So you know, forget Don Cooper. (laughs) Um, So yeah, who do you got in the uh, AL uh, AL AL West, Jeremy? Yeah, AL West, Jack. I got the Seattle Mariners. Ooh, so that's actually that's a fairly controversial pick, Jeremy. You said the Blue Jays was, but I I mean, you know, them overtaking the Astros, man. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like you know, I obviously the Astros, um, you know, they got a lot going for them, uh, but um, I think like you know, I think it it all depends on if if the the kids come up for for the Mariners, um, which I I'm predicting they they do, and I think like mm-hmm. if if they do, I think they could like catch the world by storm because they're gonna have a lot of uh, just uh, juice behind them basically um, with Kalanick and and Julio Rodriguez. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they got, uh, Mitch Hanniger, they got Kyle Lewis, uh, who, uh, sh- 
uh, did win Rookie of the Year. Uh, they got old Kyle Seeger, who's uh, still there. <laughs> yeah, uh, sim- simply Seeger. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, uh, Evan White, um, who debuted last year, um, you know, won a Gold Glove, I think, as a rookie. Um, so he's going to be good. Um, and, uh, you know, the rotation is, is, is questionable, but I think James Paxton back, uh, in Seattle makes sense. Um, I've kind of, I, I believe like, I kind of believe in justice, uh, Sheffield. Um, and, uh, they have a guy who might be, um, debuting Logan Gilbert as well. So like they have kids coming and if they do show up and, and perform, that's a team that could surprise people. Uh, so I, I, I'm picking this year as the year that the, uh, the Mariners kind of have their breakout year. I like it, Jeremy. If I if I was a if I worked for the sports page, uh, writing headlines, um, I, one of the headlines of Justice Sheffield pitch a good game would be and justice for all. You know, it just <laughs> it, it write it writes itself. They've also yeah they got a guy named Chris Flexen uh, <laughs> in their depth chart. You know, his nickname should be the Gun Show. You know, it's a great. Uh, I don't I don't know if that would fly in twenty twenty one. But uh, but yeah yeah Jeremy uh, I and I. So honestly, I guess, you know, I might as well just say it now because we're talking about the Mariners, but the Mariners were actually my pick to win the AL wild card okay. um, for all of the reasons that you just listed. Okay. Uh, you know, they, they might be a little bit too young. You know, if the kids come up, like you said, kind of a 2015 Cubs scenario, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, but like if the kids come up and if they do well, uh, yeah, they could be like a surprise team in the AL and I think win the wild card, win one of the wild cards. So, um, so yeah, they're my pick for all the reasons you, uh, you listed there. Um, I picked, uh, to win the, um, the AL West, I picked the, I picked the Houston Astros. Jeremy, I was going to say part of the reason you didn't pick the Astros is you just can't bring yourself to, uh, to pick a Dusty Baker led team, uh, to win a division. (laughs) I think it's something subtle. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that, that could be, um, God, Dusty Baker is really just, um, He's lived so many lives as a as a manager just after, you know, not as someone who like, you know, both of us uh, who are, you know, missed his playing career, uh, which I think, you know, was also like, you know, uh, you know, had its own thing going on. Um, but he's he's just been he's had so many different like stories as a as a manager. Uh, it's pretty crazy. But uh, he has. Yeah. Um, uh, ac- yeah. Actually, in that Tory blow up, I think Dusty Baker is one of the qu- uh, players in question. To- you know, Tory's like, yeah, Dusty was uh, he was going after it there or something. So like, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that that. But anyway, yeah. Uh, go ahead, Jeremy. I interrupted you. No, I mean, I just you know, I mean, they listen. Their roster looks good on paper, but um, even without um, Springer, but uh, and if you know, if Jordan Alvarez can can rebound, uh, they will be they will be in good shape. But uh, I don't know. Just didn't pick them. Yeah, absolutely, and and I guess the reason I did pick them was because minus George Springer, uh, it seems like they got you know their regular uh, uh, cast of uh, characters. The usual suspects are all uh, are all back for the Astros. So um, so yeah, it it should be interesting. But I I think that and now they got Oda Rizzi too. Uh, so I think it yeah it'll be interesting. But I think they um, I think they're gonna win the uh, uh, the AL, the AL, uh, AL West. West, West uh, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Jeremy, who is your, uh, so who are your wildcard picks then for the, for the AL? Yeah, I think I was looking ahead there with AL East, uh, Jack, but I got both wildcards coming out of the AL East. I I have the Yankees and I have the, the Rays. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, that, that's a good call, Jeremy. Let's not forget about the Rays, right? I think, I think a Rosarena still technically qualifies as a rookie, right? He he is still rookie eligible. Yes. That's insane. That's crazy. Yeah, definitely. Like the guys live, the guys made a career for himself. 
uh, you know, in those, you know, in that month of the playoffs, and uh, he's still rookie eligible. Yeah, uh, madness. Um, yeah, will uh, the Yankees like will Gary Sanchez just fold under the pressure? Like, I feel like that's all anybody talks about when you talk about the Yankees is just Gary Sanchez sucks. So I don't know. And they got they got they got a young good catching prospect too, right? Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, maybe, maybe they don't. Maybe I, I, I messed up. Well, the big, their big prospect is an outfield guy, uh, Jason Dominguez. But they, they do have a guy named Anthony Sigler. They, they actually have a, they actually have drafted like a catcher in the first round, like the last two years. So that's, that's kind of troubling. I would say if I was uh, Gary Sanchez. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, um, but yeah, they, they do have some kind of you know promising catchers in their system. Yeah. All right. Um, so you're yeah. So your two are out of the AL East. Jeremy, yeah. mine is out of the Central. I actually picked, and you said this team wasn't wasn't gonna do shit. I actually picked the Royals. Yeah. Okay. So like, people do think the Royals are gonna do something. I guess. I mean, I can't argue with that. I should have known this was coming though, Jack. Because every time I mentioned uh, Andrew Benintendi. You're like, and, and Carlos Santana. And I'm like, yeah, I know Carlos Santana's on the roster, but he's not doing it for me. But apparently he's doing it for you, Jack, enough to give him the wild card. So, okay, I should have seen this one hey. coming. Hey, you know I like those guys who take their walks, you know? Yeah, and for that's, sure. that's always been Carlos Santana's game. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I like that they uh, – so, you know, they, it's it's one of those teams where they've got the pieces. They could uh, make a run. You know, they got, they got Santana. They got Salvador Perez, who's yeah. been on the team for decades now. Um, he's, uh, he's their catcher. So like they have an old like veteran catcher who everybody loves. Um, you know, they got, uh, Hunter Dozier. They got, uh, Whit Merrifield who's led yep. the league in hits a couple times. Adalberto Mondesi, a really good shortstop. Yep. Uh, don't Michael. Call me, don't call me, uh, Raul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he probably actually thinks that too. I mean, wasn't, didn't Raul, isn't he in jail or something? Uh, and, uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was like the mayor of some town or something and, and like disgraced, uh, maybe drug cartel situation i can't remember which yeah, yeah i think he, he was very corrupt i think yes. but anyway so i think he's in jail they got solaire um you know yeah. who hit who hit 50 homers in 2019 or 48 or 49 or whatever but yeah so he hit a ton of homers so yeah i mean i think they got some pieces their the rotation isn't really you know anything to write home about and i think that could be their shortfall like brad keller danny duffy mike minor yeah. uh that's you know that's not that great damn jack you're you're turning me into a believer here man like i'm a uh... I'm liking this pick, Jack. I listen. I like Josh Stalmont for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, they got Brady Singer and Chris Bubich or Bubik or whatever, um, and uh, those are two rookies that are promising. They have a guy. They have a lefty uh, by the name of Daniel Lynch who's coming uh, too. And so you know, you look at Mike Miner there in the rotation, and you're like, uh, maybe that guy might not be there the whole year <laughs> because this Lin- Daniel Lynch might take his spot. But I, I definitely like uh, Stalmont. Like Brad Keller is kind of like one of those like innings eater. He's kind of like uh, Lance Lynn Jr. a little bit. I feel, <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. And then positionally, like they they look pretty good. Hunter Dozier is pretty underrated. Uh, Whit Merrifield is definitely underrated. Yes. Um, and uh, maybe Solaire might. Uh, you know, I don't know the ball. That that the change of the ball might be hurting Solaire, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. And then they also have Ryan O'Hearn kind of bouncing around too, like who who you know did okay in 2019. So like, I don't, I like, I kind of like that pick, Jack. 
Thank you. Yeah, and they also have Wade Davis in that bullpen, so maybe he can maybe he can re- regain some of that magic he had with them in the mid uh, mid twenty tens. Uh, you know that that thin air in Coors Field didn't didn't really help him too much. Jack, um, Jack, yeah. can I take a, a hard turn here? Like, okay. still talking about the Royals. I just want to talk about this one. I've been wanting, meaning to bring this up uh, for for a couple weeks, um, and I can't remember the exact quote, which is what kills me about it. Um, but uh, okay, so I I. I participate in a lot of baseball card uh stuff and like these like live breaks where you watch a guy open up cards and you bid on which team you you want and and stuff and you get the you get that team that you win and so it was was somewhere in the chat or something like that someone was somehow jake junis came up okay so jake junis is a pitcher on the royals um i'm surprised to see he wasn't in the rotation but uh, i guess they, they maybe have him as like a long man or maybe he did well in the i don't know whatever um he's he's still on the team um but he's he's nothing. He's nobody. Like no one yeah. is talking about Jake Junis. Um, uh, someone in like the chat, or maybe it was in a comment on like a Facebook group I'm in or something. Like they said. So there's this term called PC uh, in uh, baseball collecting terms, which means personal collection. Like my PC. Like oh, I'm gonna buy that for my for the PC, meaning for my personal collection. But then all people also use it as a verb, and they're like, oh yeah, I PC Rizzo or I PC whatever. And so someone in the comments said like, he's like. I hardcore PC Jake Junis. <laughs> <laughs> and like, as a, I mean, I'm sure you can, you can appreciate that Jack just for the absurdity of it. But like as a, as a sports card collector, that is one of the most absurd things that, you know, that's saying like, yeah, like I'm a huge Chris Coughlin fan or something, or like oh. that guy who was the big gyro Munoz fan, the, 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 the informed. Right. Yeah. Oh, love is energy. You know, <laughs> is what that guy said. So Fuck. like, yeah. So this guy was like, I hardcore, I hardcore PC Jake Junis. It's like, what are you talking <laughs> about, man? What a dork. Yeah. No, I mean, just dork and misinformed. It's like, Man, if you're gonna be a dork, dork out over like Fernando Tatis or Juan Soto, but Jake Junis, like, what do you do it? Like, like, why even tell anybody that? Like, who? Like, that's that gives you no cred whatsoever. If anything, it makes you like you know less credible because you don't know what the fuck you're you're wasting your money and you don't know what to collect. So, I it's something that's been like in my mind. This happened a couple months ago, and I've. Um, so I don't know. Maybe next time, you know, if Jake Junis ever pops up, I think it was the first time maybe in you know, three years that he's popped up on this podcast. But uh, <laughs> if he ever does again, you know, maybe you could have a laugh about that, that line. Yeah. I, w- I was going to say, Jeremy, can you be sure that the guy who said that wasn't the informed interloper? I mean, you well, can't see. Yeah, no, for sure. I, it very likely could be, or maybe his brother or something. <laughs> um, you know, actually, Jeremy, Jake Junis, I think he was listed on the, uh, on the hitters Academy, like, um, you know, like uh, the guys that had made the major leagues. I think Jacob Junis might have been a part of the Hitters Academy when we went when we went there. I want to look up where he's from. I think he's from Illinois. So um, let me just look that up real fast because if he's from um, Illinois, I'm pulling it up here. Um, yeah, he's from uh, Rock Falls, Illinois. Do you know where Rock Falls is? No, I don't. Okay, yeah, neither do I. But it, you know, if it's in Illinois, it makes sense that he might have been a part of the Hitters Academy. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so yeah, Jake Junis. That was that's kind of what I always think of. When I hear his name, uh, but now I got two things to to think of when I when I hear about him. All right, let's move on to the uh, NL division yeah. winners. So, Jeremy, who do you have uh, for? Let's I guess let's do the NL East mm. first. Um, we'll go east to west. Uh, okay. Who do you have uh, for the NL East? This is a tough one, Jack, because um, I I it's like I have two sets of picks that I kind of want to go like two kind of scenarios that I want to go with. Yeah, and like I kind of want to. It's a tough one, and like. 
I'd have to bounce this team out in order to like make my scenario work, but I, I can't I can't do it in good consciousness. So um, let's just say for now, I have the for NL East uh, champs. I have the uh, Atlanta Braves. Me too, actually. I, I picked yeah. the Braves as well. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of boring, and like uh, it's, I, the, I can't think of a more boring team than the Braves. Just uh, since the early '90s, ever since they became good, like ever since the first year where they went from like worst to first, uh, then they've just been fucking boring and good and just reliably good. And I don't know. So, but uh, like you know, I like Soroka. I like Max Fried. Uh, I like Ian Anderson. Uh, they have Charlie Morton now, um, and then obviously just the the lineup is is good. I don't know about Travis Darno as catcher, but you know, just everywhere else on the field, um, you know, they're looking pretty good. I guess you, you got Ender Enciarte in center field, I guess. Um, he's great defensively, um, not so much with the bat, but, like, I don't know. I They're they're, they legit, they're just a good team. They're, they're, like, too good of a team to leave out of the playoffs for sure. Yeah, and I feel like, um, you know, at times I've been Marcelo Zuna's only advocate. Yeah. But like the guy, you know the guy. The guys put up some good numbers yeah. in uh, various in various seasons. Yeah. So uh, I really like him. I like all the pitchers you mentioned. Yeah. Um, I like Ozzy Albie's. Freddie mm-hmm. Freeman is about as solid as it gets. Yep. Um, you know you can always count on him to produce. And you know they've got some veteran bench guys like you know Pablo Sandoval if he makes the team. Uh, he's still kicking around. He's still trying to be there. So yeah. yeah, I mean they're just too solid not to pick. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think so. So. Um, so yeah. Uh, all right, man. Well, NL central then. Yeah. Here you go, baby. Who do you have for the central? Oh man. This is a tough one, Jack. Um, Oh, I, I'm going to make you say it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say it just for the hell. Cause why not? I'm I'll say the Cubs, Jack. Jeremy, do you remember that scene in, <laughs> um, in Fox catcher when, uh, <laughs> When Steve Carell asks uh, Mark Ruffalo to um, to say like Steve Carell plays the idiot uh, like billionaire guy who cl- claims he's like the wrestling coach of Olympic champion Mark Ruffalo, and uh, there's a scene where they're making a documentary about like Team Foxcatcher, and Steve Carell wants Mark Ruffalo to say on camera that like Steve Carell's character John Dupont has been a big influence on him, um, and like y- you can see Mark Ruffalo like. He just he has the words in his mind, but he just can't say him. Like he can't physically bring himself to say that Steve Carell's character is like a, an influence. Yeah. And it's just like the guy the guy got his Oscar nomination right there. You know, <laughs> like just in in that scene, it was such a brilliant piece of film acting because it was all he didn't say anything, but you could just just his thoughts were so clear on his face. Uh, and that's and that's you, Jeremy, trying to trying to say that the Cardinals should should win the the NL central. You just can't do it. So you're going to, so you're going to pick the Cubs. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so let's, let's hear it though. Why, uh, why do you think the Cubs are going to win? We can talk about it. Yeah. So like I honestly, okay. Yeah. So obviously it's, I I have it between the Cardinals and the Cubs and I, I initially put the Cardinals down and I was just looking at the Cardinals. Listen, if, if, if someone held a gun to my head and and like someone, if I, someone made me bet like my last $20 in my pocket, I would probably put it down on the Cardinals. But like, it's more it's more interesting to put the Cubs down, but like the Cardinals rotation, I'm just not sold on the Cardinals rotation. Um, and like, you know, and listen, the Cubs rotation isn't uh, exactly the you know the ninety ninety two Braves, um, but uh, you know after Jack Flaherty, it's just like I don't know about this goddamn Cardinals rotation. Like you got Jack Flaherty, like Miles Michaelis is like not as good as they expected him to be. 
Adam Wainwright, like, you know, he's he put off AARP to come back uh, for <laughs> just one more year for some unguy- – like, why would you – why come back? Like, who cares? Like, just retire. Um, and then you have, like, uh, Quang Hun Kim, like, did okay, like, better than I thought, but I'm not convinced he's um, – you know, the guy. And honestly, I think the second best guy in this rotation, I'm not even sure he's in the rotation is Alex Reyes. And he's a guy who hasn't been able to stay healthy. So like he has a huge amount of potential. Uh, and I, as a Cubs fan, I've, I've been relieved that he keeps getting hurt and not pitching. Um, but who the hell knows who he is, like who he's going to be. Um, obviously uh, on the field, they're, they're, uh, f- they're scary. Um, yeah. and, and if Dylan Carlson uh, is as good as he's supposed to be, you know, it's it's very scary for the NL Central, but um, you know, like like the Cubs. I don't just seeing the Cubs and like like watching some spring training games. Like I think Hendricks is going to be Hendricks. I think Davies is going to be solid. Uh, I think Arietta might be okay. Um, I think Trevor Williams is going to be okay, and I think Mills is going to be like. I think Mills is going to end up becoming. He's not going to be Kyle Hendricks, but like, I think he has a high floor. I think, or he has like a, a reliable floor. Um, and uh, listen, I'm, I'm twisting myself into, into, you know, pretzels here, like trying to make, trying to sell this Cubs thing, but okay. They're going to have Hendricks and Davies and, and, and listen, I'm a believer and Elzelay's Elzelay's numbers are really bad in spring right now, but I'm a believer in Elzelay. So between Mills, Arietta, Elzelay and Trevor Williams, they need, uh, they need three of those guys to be, to, to be able to stick in the rotation. Um, and then Braylon Marquez is coming as well. So like, I don't know. And then, you know, defensively speaking, I mean, so they lost Schwarber, but Jack Peterson is having a good spring. I guess all I can go off of is the spring that he's having, which is pretty good. And I think Hap being the solid center fielder is going to be good for him. Uh, I think Nico Horner, who's having a great spring is going to be the second baseman. So like, if you believe that the Cubs are who they were in 2016, they can still do what they do. Like I could see a scenario where they, where they win the central. That's all I'm saying. Um, and Jeremy, I don't think that's necessarily a bad call. Um, you know, on the field, I mean, they still have Rizzo. They still have Bryant. They still have Baez. They still have Contreras. Um, they signed Jack Peterson. Hayward's still on the team. They have Hap. Um, I mean, yeah, those are some veteran guys that have been around a long time. Uh, it's possible they feel kind of slighted, because a because of what management's done and they've cut payroll and so yeah. it's kind of like an Indians thing in the uh, you know the major league where it's like well that you know they tried to they tried to fuck us here so like let's just uh, let's just win the whole thing mm-hmm. um, you know I've always thought that Rizzo should you know there's got to be some year where he wins an MVP I just I was thinking today I was like I just don't think it's gonna happen like you know his I don't I don't yeah. know if he's like past his prime now. But who knows? Maybe he'll just like have an explosive year and, and win it, and like a magical season and win an MVP. It, it always seems like he's sort of been second fiddle to some guy on, you know, Chris Bryant or yeah, Baez. Or, he's just overlooked too much, like in the, in the league. Like he's as solid as they come, but yeah, just doesn't get that kind of recognition for some reason. Yeah, but but he's totally like the heart and soul of the team and yeah. the leader, so he's still there. And yeah, I mean they have some pretty uh, established uh, starters on the team as well. So I think a lot of stuff didn't fall the Cubs' way last year. They had a lot of guys who just had awful years. I mean Baez, I think it really affected him that he couldn't watch film mm-hmm. between at bats. Uh, you know Bryant didn't have a good. Nobody had a good year. So um, the two best guys were 
happened Hayward, I think, last yep. year. And so if you if you believe that they stay the same and then Rizzo and Bryant and or even Bryant and Baez rebound, then like they could be a good team. I don't know if it's gonna happen. Yep. Uh but uh but yeah, you know, just th- so I'm just throwing it out. I'm like rolling the dice basically. Cubs are or Cardinals, and so I just I just roll the dice for the the Cubs. That's it. Well, so Jeremy, um, I, I picked the Cardinals, and you know, yeah. you already we already kind of talked about them a little bit. Uh, but I think it's going to be interesting, and you know, sort of like what I was did with the Royals, where you know I kind of uh, you know I kind of painted them in a, a better picture in your eyes. You kind of painted the Cardinals in a little bit worse of a picture in my eyes. I mean, you know, when I'm I, I still pick I'm still picking them yeah. to win the division. But you're right. After uh, after Flaherty, that rotation is a little bit suspect. And Michaelis, you know, he didn't have good numbers in 2019. And yeah, I I, I kind of just throw out 2020. Um, for every guy, but yeah, mm-hmm. Michaelis was below average, um, and Wainwright, like you said, like there was no, there was no reason for the guy to come back. I don't think he has, I don't think he has anything left. Like yeah. you know, it, they brought him and they brought Yadi Molina back on I think one year deals. Like, are you, you know, but then you also trade for Arenado. Like, are you trying to win the division or are you trying to give these two guys a farewell tour? Because I don't think you can do both. Right. And those are two, those are two big uh, positions. There, your starting catcher. And, you know, one of your starting pitchers. And it's like, these guys are too old to be playing at this point. I, I've never liked Yadier Molina, Jeremy. I think you yeah. said you would rather eat a COVID brownie than be uh, <laughs> than be quarantined with Yadier Molina. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I, you know, and, but, and then, but, but you're right, Jeremy. On the field, they're scary. I think they've got the best corner infield in the game. Um, yes. They got, you know, Arenado obviously is the best third baseman in the game. Goldschmidt only hit 260 in 2019. So, you know, it remains, but he's, he's a great player. He, he was, um, he's been consistently good his whole career. So, uh, and he also, he still hit like 30 plus homers uh, in 2019. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're terrific uh, at the corners and that, that alone could be enough. Uh, I like Tommy Edmond, the microwave Tommy Edmond. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting, but I, you know, I, I still pick the Cardinals to win the division. No, that, I mean, that's totally fair. That's totally fair. Okay, so a lot of things here, but, like, did I say – I said I'd rather eat a COVID brownie. I, yeah, because I, I think I um, I gave you the option. It was like it was like John Lackey, Yadier uh, Molina, and yes. maybe somebody else, and I think you said you'd, you'd rather eat a COVID brownie than be quarantined with John Lackey and Yadier Molina. So <laughs> – there you go. Well, there you go. Okay, I, I got my moments, I guess. Um, yeah. Well, I'll and also I'll say that um, that corner, that starting corner out or infield was my starting corner infield for my fantasy team for the last like, uh, you know, eight nine years uh, as well. Um, only won a championship one year out of those years though, so go figure. But um, yeah, you know, <clears throat> I don't know. It's like um, Miles Michaelis actually has not have had good numbers at all since coming to the Cardinals. Like he had a good first half of like 2018 when he came when he signed in the in the league, um, but he just hasn't done anything really. Like his numbers don't look that good. Um, but um, yeah, no, I mean like Molina and and uh, and uh, Wainwright, they're almost like they seem like they're like you know in this last half of their senior year of like high school or something, just like coasting by, <laughs> just like you know having like a fair like yeah like a farewell tour in the sense of like. They're just gonna friggin'. They're just playing base. They're just getting played to or paid to play baseball and have fun. When like it's like no, everyone else is like in the prime of their career trying to win it, and like these guys are just like, oh man, this is great. One more year to just enjoy the <laughs> the, the game, man. It's like this isn't twenty. This isn't two thousand six anymore, guys. You know. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. We'll see about that. I, obviously, we we hate the Cardinals, so it's hard to yep. to pick them, but um. 
obviously the talent is there, but uh, but yeah, just just a sheer roll of the dice, really, and and you know, and I am admittedly a Cubs homer, so there you go. Yeah, and Jeremy, the biggest thing Miles Michaelis has done since coming back to the states is uh, yell at Freddie Galvis for almost yeah. walking across his mound. Exactly. What so. a fucking turd, man. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the a- uh, NL West, uh, Jeremy. Who's your NL West pick? Oh boy, this is another tough one, Jack. Like it, I, it is. I think that's going to be the best race in baseball. I believe. Yes. Yeah, I know. Hopefully, uh, there'll be a lot of like late nights uh, watching some West Coast baseball uh, this season. Um, I'm picking. Man, okay, wait, hold on. If I do that and then I do this, um, I'm uh. looking at my two scenarios that I that I played out here. Um, I am gonna, I'll say the Dodgers, Jack. I'll say the yeah. Dodgers. That's who I have too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a, yeah, it's it. Listen, it's a two team race, the Dodgers or the Padres, and you know, you, you, I was hoping that the Padres, you know, last year was gonna be the year that they kind of stood up to the Dodgers and overtook them. It didn't happen. Um, they they did face them in the playoffs, right? And, yes. Uh, yeah, but they were depleted without uh, Clevenger and um, uh, Lamette. Uh, uh, Lamette. Yeah. yeah Lamette. And so like it was just it was a non-starter. So like and then obviously the Dodgers went to one on the run, win the World Series. Um, you know I think uh, Dodgers win the the um you know and we can just go ahead and say this too like you know I have the Dodgers winning the the division but I do obviously have the the Padres winning a wild card spot so okay and me too me too yeah, yeah so we can yeah mm-hmm. and um you know and so it's just it's going to be one of those things where it's a matter of like you know the the, the Padres might be a wild card spot with a better record than the Braves or the Cubs so um you know I you know I think those are the top two teams in the National League. They just happen to be in the same division. So there you go. Yeah, I agree, Jeremy. It's hard not to pick the Dodgers. I mean, their rotation: Kershaw, Bauer, Bueller, Price, yeah. uh, Dustin May. I don't. I think Dustin May is another guy who seems like he's been around a couple years, but I think he's still rookie eligible. So mm-hmm. um, I mean, he could be good. They've still they've still got Urias, who feels like he's been on the team for like you know fifteen years, but. He's still like twenty three, uh, you know the uh, the cat. What what do they call him? The uh, Gonsolin, the cat's meow, or something like that. I, I forget. I mean the cat man or something. I mean like it just yeah. Just, he's associated with cats and <laughs> <laughs> that's bad enough. You know, you know who I kind of forgot about Jeremy was Bruce Dar Greaterall. Yeah, yeah. Like that guy. That guy looked like he had, he looked like he had explosive stuff in the yeah. playoffs, and they they were going to him in pretty high leverage situations. So I wonder if he's going to be the clo- uh, this year's closer. I mean, they've got Kenley Jansen, who apparently like bitches every time they don't give him a save opportunity. So like, yeah. you know, I don't know. I don't know how much longer Kenley Jansen is going to hang on as the team's closer. But I liked I liked Greaterall. Um, I didn't mm-hmm. know Tommy Canley was on the Dodgers this year, but he's listed on their depth chart. So oh, you know, that's okay. the thing. But uh, yeah, and obviously, you know, they have a they're just loaded with position players. Mookie Betts is the most explosive. Uh, you know, one of the most fun players to watch in the league. They have Cody Bellinger and. Uh, uh, you know they re-signed Justin Turner. They have Corey Seager. So uh, yeah, it's just, it's hard to pick anybody but the Dodgers. But yeah, the Padres, Jeremy, were my wild card pick too. With all the guys that they picked up this year, uh, Blake Snell, Darvish, um, to go along with guys like Tatis, um, and you know they have Machado. Uh, they're they're a really good team too. The Padres have never won a World Series, and so it would be cool to it'd be cool to see them do it this year. Yes, it would. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I just. Um... I'm excited about about the Padres, um, and uh, yeah, it, I initially had them winning the West, but um, you know, I think, yeah, I I, I can't see the the Dodgers um, 
not making the playoffs. And so, so yeah, I got the, the Padres in there. Uh, Jack, my second wild card team uh, is the uh, Washington Nationals. Ooh, all right. How come? I just think, um, I don't know. I think I think it was a fluke. that the, Maybe not a fluke, but I just think, like, um, you know, it was just a misfire maybe because of the short season last year that they didn't make the – I don't think they made the playoffs at all, right? Uh, no, I don't I – don't, I think they had kind of a crappy year. Yeah. Um, but, you know, now they got John Lester. They've got Scherzer. They've got Stra- a healthy Strasburg. Strasburg was not uh, – he was injured last year. Um, and they've got your boy. They've got your boy, Kyle Schwarber. I, yeah, well, so, Jack, the funny thing is, is like for me to say, like, oh, the Nats will make the playoffs this year. Well, it's like, am I then by by proxy saying that Lester and Schwarber are going to be the difference uh, for the Nationals? I honestly just think that they had just an off year last year and they'll be back. Um, you know, you got Juan Soto. Um, you know, Juan Soto also like you missed missed the beginning of last year with with COVID, I believe. So. Um, <clears throat> yeah, just didn't get a chance to play and ended up hitting like what, like 320 or something. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, I just, I think, you know, Strasburg and Schwar and, uh, Scherzer, um, behind those two, like, you know, I think they could lead a team even, uh, even though like, it seems like Scherzer might be, might be starting to get up there a little bit. Um, uh, I think they can carry a team and, um, I think the rest of their team, I, I, like this Luis Garcia at second base, I think uh, is going to be good. I actually think Carter Keyboom is going to be okay. And he kind of didn't really do what they expected him to do last year. So if these guys um, come around, uh, they'll be, they'll, they'll be a good team all around. So um, yeah. And let's not forget they picked up Josh Bell too. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, So that, that'll be interesting too. I don't know what they're going to do. Were they really just counting on, the DH or is Zimmerman <laughs> just going to kind of be like, uh, you know, player coach or something. Uh, is he just going to make sure that the team is safe, you know, because he's, he's so concerned about being safe, I guess. Um, uh, you know, I'm not sure, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's a weird one. Cause yeah, I, if you look at their death chart on, um, uh, MLB.com, <laughs> they got Josh Bell number one and Ryan Zimmerman backing him up at first base, but it's like, where else, what else does Zimmerman do if he doesn't start at first base? Yeah, I you know I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, want the guy to be a pinch hitter. It's weird that Harrison is on the the Nationals. I uh, you know I thought he was done. He, you know it seems like that's a name I haven't heard in like five years. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but uh, but yeah, Soto. You know we we recently mentioned him for the first time on the podcast <laughs> a couple a couple weeks ago. So he uh, yeah he's he's pretty good, Jeremy uh, as well. Juan I was debate recently mentioned for the first time on the podcast <laughs> three years in. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was debating whether or not I wanted to pick him for my MVP. I ended up not doing it, but yeah. uh, you know, I love how how he takes pitches. Um, yeah, he's a great player. So yeah. that's a good call, Jeremy. It wasn't my wild card pick, though. Yeah, who do you uh, got? Gee, I bet. I, oh boy, I bet. I bet you wonder who I picked for the the second wild card. Um, surprise! I picked the Brewers for okay. for my second wild card. Yeah, there you go. I really like the off season that the Brewers have had. Uh, they picked up Colton. They picked up a couple Colton. Uh, they picked up a couple Colton Wongs. They pick up two Gold <laughs> Glovers. Uh, they picked up you know, Colton Wong and uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. to bolster the defense, which is awesome. Um, you know they've still got Yelly. Uh, RC is a great shortstop. They brought Travis Shaw back, so we'll see if he we'll see if he actually makes the roster. I don't know if he will. I like their starting pitchers. They got Woodruff. They got Adrian Hauser, um, Corbin Burns. Uh, you know, I think you know behind a, behind a better defense, these guys are gonna uh, have you know good years. They've still got Hader. They've got uh, Rookie of the Year Devin Williams, um, who was dominant sure. last year. 
And they've got guys like Omar Narvaez, who had a really good 2019, but a shitty 2020. Like, a guy like that is a good rebound candidate. They've got Avisail Garcia going into a walk year. So, like, maybe this will be one of the... I think, like, the last time he had a walk year with the Sox, he had a good year. Despite the fact that he always... he, he The rest of the time, he doesn't look like he gives a shit about playing <laughs> baseball. But he's it's a free agent year for Avi. So, uh, maybe he'll pick it up this year as another guy who struggled. Um, you know, and they got veteran. They got a veteran like Low Kane, um, and it's crazy that Corey Ray is still on the Brewers. That guy's that guy's <laughs> never gonna make. It. He's that guy's never gonna make it. He's never gonna make it. He hasn't um, debuted. He never debuted, right? No, I don't think so. No. Yeah. Um. So that's just that guy's been in the minor. He was like the number four or five overall pick or something like that. The guy's just you know he's just in in minor league purgatory. He's yeah. he's like twenty. He's he's gonna be twenty seven this year. Um. I do have a couple so, yeah. of those autographs that I would really love to be able to cash in. <laughs> uh, I just sold the Cabrian Hayes autograph for sixty bucks. Uh, Ooh, yeah, paid, that's a, yeah. I paid nine dollars for it, Jack. Uh, just a little wow. side note. Wow. When did you get that that one? I got it. You that, know what? I was actually looking this up because um you know you can search your emails or whatever. I actually bought it. I sold it yesterday. I actually bought it two days, two years to the day, uh, on the seventeenth uh, in twenty nineteen, for nine bucks. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that's you know I think that's a good segue, Jeremy, into our we we can go to the end of the World oh. Series uh, for, for the last thing. Oh, go ahead. Well, I just want to talk. I want to talk about the Brewers just a one yeah, more second. Yeah. 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 Please do. Like, listen. Um, you know, I I do like the moves that they made too. I think those are good. One of the things that that bothers me about the brewers a little bit is like kind of some redundancy here and there so Uh i I need to see like what ends up happening like with like avi and jackie bradley jr and like honestly man i i think they should start kane and and bradley and and sid garcia i I don't i don't really has avi garcia really ever done anything i feel like (laughs) i don't know he had he had a good first half of 2018 i want to say it was 2017 or 2018 he had a good first half and that was about it okay we should say he definitely did one thing (laughs) Um, he definitely (laughs) did one thing it wasn't on the field um but uh he definitely did one thing notable um it was to to a former brewer yes as well yeah it was um yeah i guess uh prince won't be coming around the park uh this year (laughs) um or last year i guess but um one my Jack, here's one thing. Like, is Eric Lauer the third best pitcher on that on that in that rotation? Like, or like on that yeah, roster? I would say, I would say, uh, as far as the starters, I would say it would go Woodruff, Burns, and then Hauser. Um, you know, how how they say Hauser is a guy like they say has a lot of potential. And I know he was that old. He's going to be 28 this year. Right. Um, actually, he's already he's already 28. Well, but um, yeah, I mean, he, I would say he's probably the third best guy. Or I say I was saying Lauer, but like if if Eric Lauer is like the third best guy, is he, if he if Eric Lauer becomes the, the the number three pitcher in that rotation, I think things are looking up for the Brewers because um, sure. Then you then Hauser gets bumped down to number four, and then you just need Lynn Bloom or Brad Anderson or whoever to be the a fifth starter, and that's not asking that much. You you don't right. think so? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like Eric Lauer is. Uh, I'm intrigued by that guy, and he's he's pretty young still, and. Um, yeah, I don't know. He has good uh, minor league numbers, and so um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, and then then they've got Drew Rasmussen too in the bullpen. Uh-huh. He's kind of uh, he's he's kind of a Drew Rasputin. <laughs> um, he's kind of a, he kind of intrigued me, but he's uh, I mean they say he throws really hard. He uh, I think he had TJ. He was hurt for a while. Yeah. Um, you don't remember so his he, dad, he's a, do you? Dennis, no, I don't. Who Dennis, is his dad? Dennis Rasmussen. 
Um, I don't. Yeah, I th- wait. I think so. Let me look this up. But I, I was <laughs> I was definitely under the impression that he was. But um. But they've, yeah, they've also got they've got JP Fireisen, who's got a cool name. Oh yeah. So um yeah you know there you go and, and Brent Suter's there too uh, the lefty. So um yeah Jeremy I uh, I like it. You're right. You're right. There is some redundancy in that uh, in that outfield. Um and I think Kane. I'm not sure how much Kane has left in the tank. He's going to be 35. So and I think he still has two years left on that 80 million dollar five year deal he had. So um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But I, yeah, I like him for the wild card, Jeremy. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bet against him. So uh, yeah, they're my pick for uh, for NL wild card. Although I, I do think that they're going to lose that game to the Padres. That'll be a good game, though. Yeah. Right. Um, well, hey, what are we if we're not if we can't you know root for our own team? I guess and we're, we we can never be um, a couple of Hawk Harrelsons. I don't think um, so. <laughs> we have too much self loathing for that. So um, you know. Uh, or at least I do, I'll say. But um, uh, but yeah, I, okay, I stand corrected. I don't think Drew Rasmussen and Dennis Rasmussen are, are related, partially because um, I believe, yeah, it is Drew Rasmussen is how he pronounces it. So, okay, uh, I take that all back. But anyway, um, he he was a high draft pick, I think, um, several years ago. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah, the I I mean, listen, um, <clears throat> I think. One of those teams is going to win a wild card spot, the the, the Dodgers or the Padres. Uh, the other one's going to win the division, and then it's just a matter of who wins that second wild card and I guess loses to the other team because um, it's like whoever wins that wild card. I mean, it is one game, so who knows? But uh, yeah, I kind of feel bad for the second wild card team, who very likely could be the Cubs losing to the Padres. <laughs> so who knows? No, that's that's for sure. Um, so yeah, let's move on to our individual awards. We're going to do uh, rookie of the year, uh, Cy Young and MVP, and then we're going to go, uh, onto the world series winner and then we're going to wrap it up. Uh, Jeremy for rookie of the year in the NL. I have, uh, none other than, uh, Cabrian Hayes oh, or, uh, as yeah. I, as I call him, Chris Bryant Hayes. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, but he, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he came up last year, um, 2020, uh, he did really well. Uh, he had 85 official at bats. He hit 376. Um, you know, he even flashed a little power. He had five homers uh, in the major leagues. His power numbers were not really there in, um, you know, in the minors. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe he's going to find some some power too in uh, in in the bigs. Uh, five home runs and 85 at bats is pretty decent for a guy who just got called up. So yeah, I, I like I like Cabrian Hayes. I think he could be the rookie of the year this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I like it too. It's actually interesting. He finished sixth in rookie of the year yep. voting, but he's yes, still he rookie eligible. Um, and then he's his dad is definitely former player Charlie Hayes. I know that. Um, yes, he is. Yeah, I, he I was like, on the former Brewer Charlie Hayes. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so um, yeah, I like Cabrian Hayes. I mean, uh, after selling that card, I'm I don't know if I'm going to be rooting against him now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, you you might have been able to get a better price for that card, Jeremy. May, if he does well. Maybe I was I really thought about. It. I'm like I actually think what happens, Jack, is they they end up releasing like tons and tons of autographs of these guys and so like sure I'm like i think i i'm just gonna roll the dice on this one uh but um yeah that's a that's a good pick i mean i think um uh yeah he had a very promising year last year and so i'm intrigued to see what he does uh this year well i'll say this jeremy if he hit 376 like you're definitely selling high on him so sure. you know that was sure. that was good who, who did you have for the uh, nl for the nl the jack it was a tough call for me i i didn't pick cabrian hayes um uh, I have Sixto Sanchez, uh, pitcher for okay. the Marlins. I think um, I think he's uh, pretty good. He he definitely had a lot of uh, uh, talk about him in the minor leagues, um, 
and he was he was with the Phillies, and they they traded him uh, in the Real Muto trade. Uh, and I feel like his he kind of his like the talk about him died down a little bit. Uh, but then he kind of came up last year, and I, you know, he pitched pretty well. Um, pitched uh, well in Game Two of the uh, Wild Card, uh, um, you know, playoff series, uh, Marlins and Cubs. Um, and so, um, yeah, I think he's going to be good. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. He's, he's my pick for, for NL wild card. Uh, you know, he could be a, a good pitcher on a bad team that kind of like stands out a little bit. I don't know. Well, Hey Jeremy, he, uh, you know, he reminds me of former brewer Sixto Lescano. Okay. Yeah, for sure. He's, now, he's gotta be the first Sixto since Sixto Lescano. Um, yeah, yeah. I, think I mean, so. I I'm just saying that off the top of my head, but I've never heard of another Cisco and a Sixto in baseball. I mean, unless it's just some anonymous guy. No, I I think you're correct. Yeah, not you don't come around too many Sixtos. Uh, so um, yeah. Uh, hopefully uh, hopefully his ERA is in Sixto. Um, but uh but yeah yeah sick that yeah if he if he sucks they could call him 6.0 sanchez you know or something i don't know (laughs) yeah not good but uh um yeah no i i think i think he's gonna be good and um yeah he had a lot of talk about him like like as a prospect and you know if he lives up to that uh, i think he could be good so yeah just my pick there there's a lot of there's a lot of um i'm trying to think of who there's so many guys who debuted last year that I can't even – I'd have to, like, consult a list to see who lost their eligibility. Like, I think Joey Bart is still eligible. Um, El, Albert Alzali is still rookie eligible, which is crazy. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I know that Alec Baum did lose his his uh, eligibility, I'm pretty sure. Um, but I even think Jake Cronenworth might – he might have lost it. Uh, but he, he won the rookie of the year, right? Or, yeah, I think he did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, yeah, this, so this is kind of a hard one to pick because a lot of these guys did get a, did get at least a cup of coffee last year, if not, a, if not a full pot. Uh, my guy, um, uh, is a, is a guy who was up for a while, but I believe he's still rookie eligible, um, for AL, for AL rookie of the year. Uh, Ryan Mountcastle was who I picked. Yeah. That's a good pick, uh, Jack. Yeah. The, uh, the count Ryan Mountcastle. <laughs> I, I don't, his, that's not listed as his nickname. But I'm gonna I'm gonna call him that. Uh, th- there was a player named John Montefusco in the '70s, oh, yeah. um, and you know his nickname was the Count. But yeah, I think I think Ryan Mountcastle. That should be uh, his his nickname should be the Count. But yeah, he did really well um, last year when he got called up. He had 126 official at bats. He hit 333. Um, he had a 386 OBP. Uh, he walked 11 times. Uh, finished eighth in last year's Rookie of the Year voting. But, uh, yeah, the, the dude's, you know, he looks like he's going to be pretty good. Yeah. Um, and he's also playing in a low-pressure uh, environment in Baltimore. The team isn't really expected to win. So he can kind of just go out there and do his thing and struggle. Um, and, you know, it's not going to make a, probably a real big difference in the win or loss column either way. So, uh, yeah, I like Ryan Mountcastle as Rookie of the Year. Yeah, that's I, I, I like that pick, Jack. And I, I wanted to go with him. Um, I ended up going with, to fit my narrative of the Mariners, um, uh, winning the West, I picked Jared Kalanick uh, as Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I you know I like that, Jeremy. I feel like we sort of have a personal connection to Jared yeah. Kalanick because we've been we've been talking about him for a long time. 
on the podcast. He's from Waukesha, Wisconsin. We saw the Hitters Academy, where I think he played. So, uh, yeah, I, li- I like it a lot. I think the Mets were stupid to trade him. Ugh. So that's going to be another LOL Mets, um, you know, thing when he wins, if he wins Rookie of the Year. So I think, I think Jeremy, it just all depends if they call him up early enough. Yeah, for sure. I don't think he's going to break camp with the team, but I think he's going to be like one of those, like, well, you know, as, as that GM said, um, you know, service manipulated guys. I mean, I don't – I. He hit a homer off the Cubs that on a game that I was watching. I'm not sure what he's done in spring since then, um, but uh, I think he'll be up by early May at the latest, and um, mm-hmm. I think um, he'll, uh, you know, I I predict him to uh, hit for for power and just kind of take take the league uh, by by storm a little bit uh, as a rookie. So yeah, that's that's my that's my narrative that I'm thinking there. And so like yeah, Jared Kalanick for uh, AL Rookie of the Year. Okay, I like it, Jeremy. Um, let's move on to Cy Young. I'll give you my AL Cy Young guy, Jeremy. I think it's going to be Hyunjin Ryu yeah, this year. Um, I, yeah, that's a good pick, and I I wanted to pick him also. Um, uh, but yeah, I think um, he's pretty solid. Uh, he he made the transition to uh, to Toronto pretty well. Was good for the team, and yeah, I, I think for both of our narratives, um, if the if the Blue Jays are going to win the the East, he's going to have to be good. So. Um, and probably Cy Young good for, for that to yeah. happen. So, and I, yeah. I think it could happen. Um, absolutely. I mean, in 2018, in limited action, 15 starts, he had a 197 ERA, won the ERA title in 2019 with a 232 ERA. That led the major leagues. Um, and in 2020, in 12 starts, he had a 269 ERA. 2019, he finished second in Cy Young Award voting in the NL. 2020, he finished third in Cy Young uh, voting in the AL. So second and third uh, last two years. Um, I think this is finally his year to finish first. He's got, you know, I, uh, I got nothing against the guy. He used to be on the Dodgers. Now he's not anymore. Um, yeah, I, I hope he does it. Yeah. in some funny ads in Korea for, for noodles, I think. Um, I've so, never seen those, yeah. but I, you know, I believe it. Yeah. yeah good <laughs> stuff. Um, so yeah, so that's good. Yeah. I like that pick. Um, uh, I picked, uh, Lucas Giolito, Jack. Um, yeah. He- Lucas Lucas Giolito for uh, for oh for for Cy Young yeah right. okay yeah. um I mean yeah he I, I thought we were still on Rookie of the Year after my my mind played <laughs> tricks on me but yeah okay yeah I like Lucas Giolito now that he's um you know now that he's escaped uh, the iron fist of Don <laughs> Don Cooper and he's right. got his high school pitching coach with him who, who I think they said was actually the guy who fixed Giolito mm-hmm. like you know they like people nobody even attempted to give Don Cooper credit for that like so um so this so this guy is going to be with Giolito every uh, every step of the way yeah this year this new pitching coach for the white Sox. so yeah i mean that uh i think that's really gonna make a difference i mean giolito just he seems to me like he's gonna be like i he doesn't have i don't think he has the the like stuff of like a max scherzer but like there's something about like max scherzer when he goes out like if he's on your team like and grant i've never been a fan of a team that he's been on and followed them that closely but he just seems like a dependable guy, like a dependable starter, you know, like a guy who, yeah. and not even like an innings eater in the way that like, sometimes like, you know, someone like a, a Lance Lynn is considered an innings eater. He might have like an ERA, like in the high threes or something, but he's just like a solid guy. Who's going to be good every time. Keep your team in the, in the, in the ball game, go seven innings, um, you know, and just like, it looks like, it seems like Giolito is turning into that guy and like, you know, through the no hitter last year has been con- uh, increasingly like um, getting better. And so, like, I don't know, I, I could see him putting it together, um, you know, just for the whole season, 
this year and um you know and winning the Cy Young. So that that was my pick. Obviously a lot of good oh. choices, but that's who I went with. Nice, Jeremy. Um uh perfect. And I think we have NL NL Cy Young. Yeah. Um is going to be uh uh Jesus, what where the hell is it? Um I got mine. Uh, it, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. I, you know what? Corbin Burns. Corbin that was who okay. I wanted. Corbin Burns. Uh, for NL Cy Young, um, and and it's just you know because of the things we talked about, Jeremy, that improved defense. I honestly thought, thought Corbin Burns was done after 2019. The dude had like a 10 ERA, yeah. but uh, yeah, he turned it around um, in 20, 2020 in the shortened season. A lot of people were talking about Cy Young for him uh, in that season for a while. Uh, I think he ended the season on the DLs uh, or uh, the IL. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I think this may be uh, this may be his year. Yeah, he had a two eleven ERA in, in nine nine games started in about sixty innings. So uh, I, I I think he's going to do it this year. Jeremy Corbin Burns, my pick. Uh, there would be a lot of uh, baseball card collectors who would be happy if that happened for <laughs> sure, because um, I think they they did definitely give up on him uh, at some point in twenty nineteen. Yeah, a friend of mine actually gave me a Corbin Burns autograph card just for free. I think just. Jesus, he just didn't want to look at it anymore, probably. <laughs> He's like, here, you take this or something. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that that would be interesting. I mean, certainly a name that would kind of – I mean, uh, nationally speaking, I would say that would definitely be a surprising name. Um, you know, sure. knowing – like following the, the teams, like being in the Midwest and obviously you being very close to the, the Brewers and, and Burns. And, like, yeah, he had a great year. Um, and it was one of those things where, like, yeah, I think because – he was injured um, for uh, the Brewers, you know, for that playoff run or like I kind of like, you know, whatever, like if the Brewers would have, um, you know, been able to, you know, make it in the playoffs, they would have maybe been without him. And like, uh, so, yeah, like it hurt the team. And uh, I think if he was healthy, maybe the Brewers would have had a different uh, mindset going into the playoffs. Um, but uh, um. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, that would be very. That would be a, a, a pretty cool story, like as a as a pitcher, kind of like bursting out of the scene a little bit, like making his, you know, putting himself up there with some of those other great pitchers, uh, for sure. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say this, Jeremy. I don't think the Brewers have had a Cy Young Award winner since Raleigh Fingers in the early '80s. Sure. Um, it's it never happened in my uh, my lifetime, and I'm going to be 35 in two weeks. So it's like <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. There's only there's only like 14 teams in a league less. Like when you know in the early in the early '90s before like the before all the those four expansion teams debuted from '93 on, like they haven't had a single Cy Young winner in my whole life. Like Jesus <laughs> Christ, that's a long time. You think eventually somebody would do it uh so yeah. yeah i think this is the year there you go all right there you go um i went um <laughs> uh with a guy who won the al cy young if i'm remembering correctly jack i have blake snell winning it okay uh yeah uh that's that's a good call jeremy um i mean he's gonna have a chip on his shoulder what do you got a fucking chip on your shoulder <laughs> uh wally backman <laughs> reference but he's got a uh yeah he's got a chip on his shoulder for me taken taken out of that world series game when he was dominating yeah. which was ridiculous um, he's going to a pitcher's park in Petco. He's going to the National League, mm -hmm. which is a better pitcher's league. And he doesn't have to be in the AL East anymore, yes. which is like the toughest fucking division in baseball with the Yankees and Red Sox always being loaded. Um, and, you know, Baltimore is a pretty good hitter's park, too. So, uh, yeah, Jeremy, I, uh, that Blake Snell is a good call right there. Yeah, for all those reasons, Jack, um, uh, i am uh, <clears throat> got to go with them. I mean, he's going to be facing some stiff competition from the Dodgers. Uh, he'll have to pitch in, in cores, which isn't great. Um, but he's a, he, he's a good pitcher. He's a solid pitcher. Um, I also think, like, you know, just with all this thing about the how the Rays, like, 
well, he never pitched past the sixth inning, right, last year? Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. No. Yeah, I mean that's stupid, <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> but um, so like you know, I think he's gonna have some some bullets in the in the chamber uh, for this year. So yeah, I don't know, uh, change of scenery, uh, contending team, I could see it happening. He might lose some uh, votes to to Darvish, like you know, in, in the end. But um, I I don't know, I got I got Blake Snell. All right, very good. So uh, it's going to be MVPs and then uh, and then the, our World Series winners. So, Jeremy, I have uh, for my MVP for the American League, this is my most controversial pick, I'll okay. say that. I had Luis Robert ah, um, for my MVP. Yeah. Very interesting. So, he, yeah, he had a really good first month, I think, of his 2020 season and a really bad second month. Yeah. So, I mean, the guy still, he hit 11 home runs, like, which is which is pretty good. Drove in 30-plus. Yeah. Um. Uh, only hit 233 for the whole season. But, yeah, Jeremy, I think now that he's gotten comfortable, I think he could be the MVP. It's not unheard of for a White Sox to be an MVP. It's happened before. Um, I mean, you're picking Giolito for the Cy Young. And, hey, I'll say this. If the Sox actually want to make some noise this year, they've got to have a guy step up to that level. Yeah. Like you said, if the Blue Jays want to do something, they got to have like they got to have Ryu be the Cy Young winner. Like if the White Sox want to do something, they got to have somebody uh, have like a superhuman type of season. And I think it can be Luis Robert um, for the Sox. So I think he can. I think he can do it. He's got speed. He's got power. We'll see if he can hit for average. Um, yeah, I'd be. Ex- I'm excited. I'm excited to see him play a full year. Yeah. All right. There you go. Um, yeah. I mean, again, uh, I would be happy because I didn't. I only sold one Luis Robert autograph last year. Um, <laughs> I might need to curb my uh, my baseball card flipping talk here too a little bit, but uh, I'll try to keep. I'll try to rein <laughs> I, it. But Jeremy, I, every every single guy we uh, we we mentioned, you're like, yeah, I got some autographs of him. <laughs> like Jesus Christ, you're a sick you're a sick man, Jeremy. <laughs> I spread it around, Jack. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, I diversify is what they call it in investing <laughs> terms. But um, yeah, so um, so MVP. Uh, well, Jack, I have um. 2019's version of Luis Robert, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, winning MVP. I have Vlad Guerrero Jr. winning MVP. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. So I was actually th- he was a guy I was thinking of. Um, I mean, they mentioned he lost like 45 pounds, yeah. or something like that before the uh, uh, before the season, the per- before spring training started. So he's going to be trim and slim to start the year. Uh, he doesn't have to worry about defense as much because he's at first base now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, he can think more about his hitting. Uh, if they play in the Rogers Center um, again, good hitters park. So uh, and yeah, he's gonna have a he's gonna have a lot of protection around him too. So the Blue Jays are gonna have a pretty explosive lineup. Yeah, so that's a good call, Jeremy. I like that. Yeah, I mean it, it could happen. You know, it could happen. I, like, he has potential. He could just have a. He just could go out of his mind. And honestly, if if Vlad Guerrero is playing like the way uh, they thought he was, as like uh, you know coming out out of the minors, I think that the Blue Jays could definitely win the world. Uh, the win the uh that wasn't a that wasn't a Freudian slip uh they could definitely uh, win the um the division and he could definitely be an MVP so um it'll be interesting to see uh but um yeah that's uh, that's who I got I almost wanted to say Bo Bichette but like um that's that's who I put down first because I'm like yeah, maybe someone weird but I'm like let's 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 kind of go weird but a little more plausible I guess so so that's why I got Vlad but uh but yeah well we, we saw them both play in Lansing Michigan we did um NL MVP, Jeremy, I have Fernando Tatis Jr. I feel I feel basic for making that <laughs> yeah, pick. Yeah. But like uh, you know, he's he he's never played a full season. He he had a really good twenty nineteen, but he got hurt. Twenty twenty was what it was. So I if he can actually play a full season this year, I'm gonna be really interested to see what his numbers look like. Yep. Um again, like he's a guy playing on a team that's on a mission. 
I think he's going to win the MVP. I got him winning MVP too, Jack. So there you go. Okay, cool, awesome. So it'll be interesting to see if we're if we're right on on all of these uh, at the end of the year, or how, or how close we came. Um, this this is kind of our over under episode for the year. So uh, so yeah, and you know we may still do an over under episode. But Maybe. last one, Jeremy. Last one. We got the World Series winners, uh, Jeremy. I have in the World Series. I have the Padres playing the Blue Jays. Ah. Uh, the Blue J- Blue Jays haven't been there since the uh, the early uh, early nineties. Um, did the Padres make the World Series in '98? Yes, yeah, they did. They did. Okay, yeah. so they haven't been to the World Series in over twenty years, uh, and I have the Padres winning. Um, okay. The, the, I'll tell you who's going to be upset about that is Fox, because <laughs> uh, a, a, Padre, a Padres Blue Jays World Series is not sexy. Well, I think I got you as... beat, Jack. But uh, okay, yeah. All right. Well, who you got? All right, Jack. Well, I have um, I have the Padres winning the NL pennant, Jack, uh-huh. and I have the Tampa Bay Rays getting back to the world Ooh. series and uh winning the al pennant oh man that would that would be a nightmare for uh <laughs> yes. for for joe buck it, yeah it would Smoltz. the only person that would uh appreciate that the only non-resident of san diego or tampa bay uh who would appreciate that is me jack because these are like my two <laughs> favorite like, non uh well i don't know if the padres are up there but i i, I do like the rays um I'll, yeah yeah i'll say this i just i don't want to see the Rays in another World Series. I mean, like, well, to be honest, the, the, the analytics, the taking pitchers out after, like, three or four innings and just, like, going to the bullpen and hearing about the different arm <laughs> angles that all the relievers have, it's just, to, you know, let's 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 uh, have a game where you got a couple of starters going seven, eight innings, yeah. battling it out, trying to, get, trying to get through that third time through the order. Like, that's drama. That's, ba- that's playoff baseball. Like, Maybe. let's get back to that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I hear what you're saying, and like I'll say this: I mean, I don't want the I don't want the Rays to make it to the play to to make it to the World Series and not compete. Like, you know, it's like I feel like uh, they can make it there, and then they're just like they're just like a, a soup can, like like they just get like knocked out right away, like, and it's not competitive. Like that sucks. Um, yeah, you know. So I would hope that they could make it competitive uh, against the Padres and Jack. In my world, they do make it competitive, and they win the World Series, Jack. I got the Rays winning the World Series this year. Uh, they never won, right? They made it in no. 2008, was it? Correct, but yeah. But they, they, didn't, they didn't win, yep. yeah? Yep, Okay. All right, there you go. So you have two teams who've never won a World Series playing each other. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, with the Rays winning. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> you heard it first, well, Jack. It, there, there's some interesting, uh, uh, interesting drama, though, like with Blake Snell pitching against the Rays. Yep. Uh, so that that'll actually. So hey, you know what, Fox? Why don't you hire me to write like your pregame, uh, you know, stuff? Or if Joe Buck wants to, you know, take take a Sunday off just so he can focus strictly on football, why don't you bring me in and I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll I'll make up some interesting storylines there. God, but uh, yeah, imagine, so that 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 is one though. Blake Snell versus his old team. Yeah, imagine, God, imagine if Fox had to sell the World Series on the storyline of Blake Snell. <laughs> what a wow baseball it might be over uh, at that point but yeah i mean that that would be that would be it and then like you know tatis like that would be it um but uh jack i don't know man listen i like the rays they're a weird team they're they might not be a, even a real team they like don't do normal baseball things they don't they their payroll might be like uh you know 20 bucks or something i don't know but like <laughs> I like I like some of the guys on this Rays team, man. Like, listen, they they uh they got Brandon Lau, they got um uh Willie Adamas, 
They got Randy Rosarena, Kevin Kiermeyer uh, in the outfield. Uh, Austin Meadows, I think, is is a good player and like just was like, you know, just hasn't gotten the love. Like has been overlooked a little bit. Um, he needs to prove it a little more, but I think he's good. Um, and then they got Margot and Yandy Diaz, who are interesting guys. Uh, G-Man Choi. And um, even if you're not a big Mike Zunino fan, they have that Francisco Mejia that they acquired in the in the Snell trade, who I think um, uh, could be good. Now the question is like just you know if they have the pitching. Their pitching is 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 kind of whack. Um, but uh, I think they have some guys uh, coming up maybe. I uh, oh you know what oh, I know what it is. Jack, they got Wander Franco in in the in the in the hole. Like they got Wander Franco waiting in 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 the wings. So like. You know, um, he could be one of those spark plugs that comes up too, and like just like jump starts the team. So, who knows what happens? But um, I don't know. That's that's kind of like you know. I feel like if they're they're in it, they'll get a they'll get a pitcher, and um, you know, it could it could catapult them. Yeah, Christ! I didn't know they had Michael Waka and Rich Hill. I mean, <laughs> Rich Hill is going to be on the Rays this year. Yeah. Jesus Christ! I think they were. I think they're thinking like, oh, we lost Charlie Morton, so let's get Rich Hill. I guess. Yeah, we. we yeah, let's get another old guy. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Should be an old guy. It's like, <laughs> yeah, like who's the old guy that's going to tell the young guys what to do? Um, and they also have Kevan Smith as well, um, which I like, Kevin Smith. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, he'll probably play on the big league team at some point. I don't know if he'll make the team. But all right, yeah, so I like it, Jeremy. So, uh, so yeah, uh, I think the Padres are going to win. You think the uh, you think the Rays will win. And if it's up to you, that'll be what the World Series is. So we'll see We'll see how it all plays out yeah. uh, six-plus months, like seven, seven months from now. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting. Uh, well, all right, Jeremy, we did it. Uh, we did it. The battery on my laptop is almost dead. Right. So I think uh, this might be a good place to call it for this week. Jack, I, uh, we're going to have to have a little talk after we stop recording of, of you not having your laptop plugged in while we record. But that's <laughs> another story, folks, for another time. <laughs> we'll wrap it up for today. Uh, I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And I'm Jack Swakowski. We'll see you later. Goodbye. Goodbye.